This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by celery. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. And uh, as ever, uh, I am joined by His Royal Highness, the Duke of Kidd. Oh, Duke, 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 Duke of Kidd. Thank you. Lovely to be on the show after such a, a bizarre experience during the week where we had prophesied doom and gloom. No, 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 they... no, no, no. You, Other than... you had prophesied doom and gloom. I predicted a win. Thank you. You were predicting a win out of a kind of irony. Uh, you were uh, uh, no, I had a fucking feeling. A win I had a out feeling. Of kind of, out of a kind of, I'll just say the opposite no, of what no, everybody no, else no. is doing. In your feeling, soul, mate. in your heart of hearts, you could not believe what happened. Glorious unpredictability, you mate. You could not believe it, Chinch. You watched thinking, we're in for a drubbing here, aren't we? And you came out as, as like all of us. With unbelievable smiles on your face. Just to be thinking, really honest, okay. To, to be fair, to be fair, I did yeah. not predict uh, a three-one humping of Villa because that's what happened. I thought it. it I thought it would go in off somebody's ass in the fifth minute and would have to cling on for grim death of the torturous yes. eighty-five yeah. minutes. So that, but I still, I still predicted the win, and I have to say, I'm delighted with the number of people who have, you know, messaged me on Twitter. Yes, I know, I know, I know. it's really annoying. <laughs> it, it, it was like just you—you you were deliberately, I just you were doing it for just to be to be devious, you know. <laughs> I'm getting the V signs, everybody. I think everybody's getting the V signs. Oh from yeah. Chin. Well, I did say I was going to come after you, know, people you know, in Mixler. It's, it's like a, it's like a, a, a broken clock, isn't it? It, it you know. It'll be right. Twice, I did say that to somebody. The day. I did. Yeah, I did say. So. I am. I am nothing if not humility and magnanimity. Yeah. yeah Apart yeah. from with you lot. Yeah. Indeed. When I shall fucking so, rub it in. Yeah, you are rubbing it in completely. <laughs> yeah. 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 We got the V signs from everybody at home. We got the V signs about six times, and there were four of them. He had both fingers up. At least they're V signs. Not not like my fifteen-year-old daughter. Not does, this one. The finger or the it doesn't give me the wanking sign. I don't think she knows that sign yet. I think it's quite good actually. But um the uh, 
she gives me i don't understand why is it called the bird chitch why is it in america why that why is that called i really bird? don't know but then why do they call fanny whatever whatever it is in america when we know it's not fanny oh it's a bum isn't it in america fanny's your yeah. ass yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, mate. They're a strange yeah, bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, what a, what a, what an experience that was during the week watching. Uh, uh, I mean, a completely phenomenal performance. It was. I mean, my goodness me. It was. What do we earth? do? We have uh, a member of the fancast family with us tonight. Do we need one, Chuch? Can't you and I just carry on talking? With well, we could super... do, but I tell you what, I know who the person that we're referring to is, and it, you know, it it would be far worse if it was just you and me. And not it's him always, as well. It's always worse. But well, I just exactly. Feel, you know, we, we could just goad each other all evening if you want to. Well, that's why we need this man in to, to basically yeah. gang, help me gang up on you. Yes, OK. And he is, he is more witty and more articulate indeed. than you are. Certainly so, more uh, clever. Yeah, well, I think, yes, yes, indeed. Yes, so he ticks all those three boxes. So uh, I think it's only fair that he be on the show. Um, not quite yet. I still want to keep him hanging for a couple of seconds. <laughs> well, I, I, I try and think of some more adjectives to go with him. Um, uh, uh, humorous. No, you're you're in a puckish fun. mood tonight, mate. Oh, can you tell? Yes. I wonder why that could be, Chidge. Do you think that might be because... You're bitter because you got it wrong. Because uh, I'm bitter because we got <laughs> yes, it wrong. Yes. Oh, that must be exactly <laughs> the reason. Not that we won and Enzo scored one of the great goals. One of the great sodding goals. I, I when it went in, I went later. I was just, we'll do it in a minute. I, I, who's the who's, the, help who's on the I was show? as equally aghast as 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 Connor was. Little face. Connor's. I know. Little... I know. It was brilliant. Oh was brilliant. wow. Oh, we've got Martin Wickham on. But anyway, where was <laughs> where was I? <laughs> I'm talking about you know, the joy of that, of that free kick. Well, you can, you can kick. you can hold your joy uh, like oh. like uh, a, a bloke who's had ten pints is holding on to for, to a wee for a minute, okay? Because uh, we will. I'm dying to talk about it. I'm sure. I'm. I mean, my God, how lovely it will be to talk about football where we're not fed up and depressed and seeing the end of the world and all the rest of it. Martin, it's great to see you, mate. Yeah, likewise. Um, it's good to keep me off the show during the month of January, no, nominally to keep me off the transfer rumours, but um, our form going down the toilet certainly wasn't good to be around. So, um, yeah, good to be back and um, good to be seeing you guys again. Lovely. Always lovely to see you, Martin. Thank you, you know that. Thank you, dear chap. And uh, maybe that's an omen. We, we, we get Martin on more regularly and then we lose less, who can say. Um, right, um, you, we will talk about all this in a minute, but just a quick reminder, uh, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live every Monday and Friday at around seven thirty PM uh, by going to Mixler, which of course is Chelsea fancast.mixler.com where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Um it's interesting to see that we have about half the number of people in Mixler tonight after we've probably put in our best performance of the season, whereas when it was utter shit last week after Wolves, we had double, as I said, so you know, it's the, it's the rubberneckers, mate. We're missing the rubberneckers tonight. Anyway, you can also follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review. You don't have to. You can just say we're a bunch of wankers. It's all the same to us. Anyway, uh, a quick shout out for Patreon. Not least because finally I have a week off next week. And top of my list is sending out kerry dixon banners to the many long-suffering people who've been waiting for one for months jonathan and 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 youtube or this other youtube other... youtube link to jonathan is on the list 
Do you want me to show you my list? The other thing you were going to do. I can prove it to you. You are on my list. Yeah, but lists are, you know, then you have to have a list to look at your list. No, no, it's only one list. Anyway, so, yeah, that is on the list, as is uh, sorting out um, StreamYard. Yes, StreamYard. But actually, before I do that, I have to warn all the Fancast family that there is a very good chance that they might be on camera, so they need to let us know, because I don't think you want to be on camera, do you, Martin? I'm not not a particular fan of it, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, I mean, it's up to you, mate. I mean, I'd never force any of you to do anything. After the debacle of the TV studio times, I, I learnt my lesson, and I am very contrite and humble now. But, I mean, I would if, if we have anybody, anyone amongst our, our number who doesn't want to be plastered all over YouTube, then that, when they're on, we'll just do it as a podcast, you see? It's very simple, very simple. What if everybody, only you and I, want to be on? Well, then we're fucked, aren't we? Yeah, completely. Exactly. Yeah. But it would also be the least surprising outcome. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think there would be plenty of who will. Anyway, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, watch out for that, chaps. We're going to be on YouTube and all sorts of malarkey coming forward. That's my oh, It's on my list next week, as are many other things. But anyway. A website it. that sounds like a Scottish insult. I can't wait. Yes, indeed. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Anyway, yeah. So, well, was I? Patreon. Yeah, that's the point, really. I'll be sending out all the banners. Now, um, how do you get one of these banners? Well, if you want to support what we do, you join Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have a think about doing more stuff on Patreon as well, because I, I, I do feel it's, it's, it's I, I ignore it and I'm very, I feel guilty about it. Anyway, um, yeah, you bung us a few quid each month. You go and sign up on that address. If you do, I will let you have a Kerry Dixon banner should you want one. So you have to send me your address if you do. And of course, you can join our Discord group. And I've, if you have to ask me, and I will send you the link. And it is brilliant. I mean, the Discord group is is just a delight. Um, it's like it's just like Twitter. If it, you just had all your Chelsea mates on there, and everybody's. I mean, you know, we have a few rows and fallout occasionally, but generally, it's fairly fairly uh, warm and glowing. So there you go. Right. Um, let's talk about. Oh, uh, by the way, tonight um, we're going to obviously talk about the Villa match in part one. Uh, we have uh, an opposition view guest for part two. Uh, for those of you listening on Mixler, it was a pre-record, so uh, uh, you'll have to listen to the podcast if you want to hear that. And of course, part three, we will be uh, re- previewing the Crystal Palace versus Chelsea game. So same old Friday format, really. So the first question, really, um, I'm going to ask Martin, actually. I was going to say, ask Martin. I'll have yeah. a little... You had that kind of look on your face, like, I, I don't want to talk now. I have yeah. this in my supervision group. We, we don't well, want to like, frantically pointing at the next window. <laughs> we kind of look look away like that. So I, I read the message, Martin. Where the hell did that performance come from? And was it the best one of the season, as Poch seemed to <coughs> indicate? Well, you've asked the second, the easiest question last. Yes, it was by a country mile. It was. Well, was it? Was absolutely it absolutely magnificent? Was it better than City? I mean, I think it was well, because we won. It was. It was because we didn't concede four goals at home. Yeah. And it was so, in the cup, and it meant something. And Villa are very good at home, and it was away. I, so I agree with you; it is definitely yeah. the best one of the season. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic result, and the performance seemed to just come out of absolutely nowhere. Um, I I wasn't there; I couldn't go, so I was kind of sat in a pub watching it, trying to be as socially relaxed as possible. That's pissed if you don't know. And um, as, as I'm watching it, I, I was looking down on my phone, missed the first goal, so that's my, on me. And then after that, it just, they just played with, aggr- they, they managed to play aggressively without being stupid. 
Now, a lot of times this season they played aggressively, but were incredibly stupid in doing so and ended up getting themselves booked and, and getting into rounds with people and it didn't work. This time they seemed to be snapping into tackles first to the ball, anticipating what Villa were going to do, playing closer together. I remember I said it on the WhatsApp chat um, before the screen started getting a bit too blurry, but I'll say, look, they look like they're playing much, they're playing much closer together. And there's been times where Enzo and Casado, especially, have looked like they're playing in different postcodes because they're so far apart from each other. And as a result, the opponents just blast through us and the defence are then panicking. Um, I don't want to say Silva being dropped helps because I think that's a little bit unfair, but certainly having quicker defenders enabled well, everyone to push up at the same time. I thought it was much, a much more coherent performance. I, 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 do, I don't want to coat Silva off because I think, you know, I think Silva's been... I mean, he he will go down as a Chelsea legend, which might sound a bit odd. I mean, he you know he was he. I mean, you he won know, it, he, he's one of twenty five odd players who played who played in the Champions League winning team. He so won he's us. Up there. He won us. Well, he didn't do it on his own, but he he he's a member of a Champions League winning team. So Are that, you dismissing him now, Chief? No, is I'm not. Him? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm just saying he is he is a legend. You know, he's been superb for us. But um, I think have, having seen how it panned out, J.K., yeah, which is basically. Uh, I mean, just picking up on what Martin said, not having silver in the team, uh, we had two two uh, obviously we had two proper fullbacks, two central defenders, but they were allowed to play a lot higher up the pitch, and that yeah. meant that meant that the defense and the midfield and the attack were close together, as Martin was saying, and of course that makes the defense less exposed, which we've seen in the past, and the passing yeah. forward was quicker and easier, and I do think that has a lot to do with silver not playing because you have to defend deeper with him because you can't you know he's got he's got no pace anymore. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not digging him out, but it's pretty bloody clear that it made quite a big difference, I think. Also, it allowed Chilwell and Gusto to, to play further forward. And, and, and it had an out for them in Redweke. I thought Redweke was fantastic. Blimey. Best, best performance we've seen him do. He was That, that run up the touchline, my oh, God. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Just would not give up. The persistence was great. He was great. Um, but you, they, they had an out in each instance in the same way uh, that... Um, uh, Jackson playing out of his skin. Um, there's still moments with Jackson where playing out of his skin, but not out of his position. Didn't it make a difference? No. no well, we're going to get on the presser. He 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 said um, when when he was asked, the journalist asked him uh, of Jackson playing on the left. He he said, well, actually, no football is dynamic, so he may not be playing on the left. He may play somewhere else, which I thought was a kind of ridiculous thing to say. As I a agree response. because he was um, so clearly much happier playing in that position. But it's that getting to the byline and actually... Um, it was a shit cross it. for the corner goal, by the way. He fucking muffed it. Yeah. But yeah. Madueke did very well, I thought. Madueke laid it back beautifully. And yeah. so did yeah. Connor. Still, but he's still... He's still um, uh, he, you know, he, the, the skill that he's got, you look at Jackson's skill, is he does, he does move the ball around like a winger when he runs at people because he took it left and he took it right, took it left and he took it right, and then he crossed it. He does that quite regularly. But it, both of them, Madueke and he, seem to give both full-backs, the willies. What I'd like to know is, was it that we were fantastic and we played a lot better than we have done or that they were absolutely appalling? Because I've they were so supine. They were so incapable of coming at us. I mean, we, we rarely lost the ball. We just weren't dispossessed. I think part of it was because we were playing so much more crisply. And yet once again, you know, let, let's be honest about the other person that we shouldn't really be seen, seen to be playing again. And we're much better without Sterling. Well... 
So, just you know. to just to 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 exemplify or or, or or exacerbate, I can't think of the right word now. But I mean, funnily enough, I, I wrote this down after the game because I thought this was really interesting. And after I said, uh, you know, the passing forward quicker and easier, and I said, and without Sterling, we look more direct without running into blind alleys, falling over, or giving the ball away. And I, yet, he's got more assists than anybody else in the Chelsea team. So yeah, well. Either, but I agree completely. I think and when he came on, when Poch did the changes, and to some extent, I don't know why he did some of the strict changes, because it made us look more vulnerable. But um, he did absolutely nothing. He contributed absolutely nothing. Hardly touched the ball at all. Listen, um, on, on your... Sorry, go on, go on, go on, go on. No, no, I was just thinking that I wanted to say that um, uh, one of the tactics they appeared to do was this, was Fernandez just playing huge long balls to Madweke or um, the other side to um, uh, to Chilwell. And... Uh, and they were great, and his his stats were just phenomenal. I do I do think those two playing in a two because it was four two three one basically. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, on the it's double pivot. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it just made them closer to. I don't know if it, and I can't. What I can't understand is why it's taken so long to figure this shit out because clearly they're much happier playing like that. But I mean, to answer your question about were Villa pony or, or were we just very good? I think it's. I mean, this this is. We quite often have this argument the other way round, don't we? Like, oh, when we lose, obviously we were absolutely shit. We never seem to give any credit for the opposition for actually working us out tactically, playing to that plan, and doing really, really well. I, I don't yeah. know, Martin. I, th- I I think that we we caught Villa, sh- you know, cold. I I because we've done this. We've seen this happen to Chelsea. They go into a game. They don't have the right mentality. And at this level, if you're five percent off it. It, it really will show. And I think that they expected this to be a bit of a rollover, actually, after we got humped by Wolves. And we came yes. out of the blocks, we got into them, we pressed them, we gave them no room and space, and they didn't know what to do. If you're, if you're playing devil's advocate, a mid-table team got underestimated by well, higher, <laughs> unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think they, they lost to Newcastle previously as well, but then beat Sheffield United, which... Um, well, that was a bit of a strange game, but then that's for another time. I think they were shocked by the energy and aggression and the fact that it was... I think they were expecting the gaps that other teams have got against us. And when they didn't materialise, they were stuffed. They've also had problem, a few problems with injuries, but what team hasn't, to be quite honest, and which can't have helped them. But yeah, I, I think they had a, a bit of a shock and then struggled to turn it round and... You know that's the re- that's the result you get. Um, still, think Villa are a good team, and uh, they were certainly going for it. That wasn't a weakened team in any any way, shape, or form. That was the strongest team they could play mm-hmm. under the circumstances, and we've beaten them fairly comfortably and fairly comprehensively mm-hmm. in a stadium that they have now made a fortress mm-hmm. again. I, I I love going to Villa Park. Mm-hmm. Guy, I missed it this time, but. Um, yeah, and if when it gets going, it gets going. Yes. And we found that in our, when we were winning league titles, invariably the games we would struggle at, fucking Villa away. Yeah, yeah, no, they're good. JK, you not think that that? Um, I thought that the I wanted we needed to score as many goals in the first half as possible when we were suddenly scoring, and we missed several chances we should really have got. And I just thought there was a kind of naivety with that when they 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 squared it wrongly or they didn't. You think with a a more incisive team, which is going to have to work on. They they should have scored four at least, or, or even in the first half. But I thought they'll they'll turn it round in the second half because they'll 
that's what they do, teams like this. He'll somehow find a way of playing against us. And they didn't. They didn't. We were, the energy was the same in the second half and they were as bad. And I thought, well, is that because we've just carried on playing at the same level? Because this season, I mean, even in the, the, the home game, that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? We, we played wonderfully in the first half and then second half, they just came back into it. There was never a moment in this game when they came back into it, other than the last two minutes when they scored. Other than that, uh, it was absolute demolition. And we'd changed half the team by then, which really yeah. irritates me because I didn't see any... Irritate me completely. There's no he need for it. The hell of it. Didn't he, he yeah, did it. I know. He Why has he done this? Right. I think, I think there's an. I think he takes a gamble that they're not going to apply the added time properly. So it is a. In th- you should not. You should not be able to waste time on substitutions anymore if the game clock has been run properly. Yeah. But referees don't always do it. So maybe trying to nick thirty seconds, forty seconds here. But um, well, we only got four minutes, which is really odd because I mean, two and a half yeah. of those minutes were with our subs, yeah. and they pl- they made plenty as well. It just annoys me. I mean, do you know what? I think the key thing is. Boy, you know, JK kind of saying, "Well, you know, why why didn't they get back into it?" I think I think our shape and our balance was just really good. I mean, you know, we were we we were compact, as Rafa used to like to say. But the intensity, we were strong, aggressive. There was desire. It was a, they, they played like a team. Um, yeah. I think they were tactically pretty good as well. But I think the most important thing is, Martin, we scored three goals. You know, it always I helps, mean, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. But the point being, not not the bleeding obvious that we were three goals up, but the problem that we have had for more than this season is that we will create chances, but we will fail to put them away. I mean, we could have been two or three up against Villa at home. We weren't. They go and fucking win it. You know, and I think the confidence seeps out of a team when it's playing well, creating chances, can't stick the ball in the back of that because they know, they know like we know, that if they keep doing it, the other team will score and then it's a mountain to climb. When you ping three past the side, you know, before half time, I don't care who you are, it takes a monumental effort to turn, you know, to come back from that or a monumental fucking collapse from the team that's 3 0 up. I mean, it's interesting what you said in your fan bite, JK, because I was the same. I was, a, I was an absolute nervous wreck. You know, even with about five minutes to go, I wasn't convinced we were going to hang on in there because this is what... Well, the... I thought there'd be 10 minutes added on. Yeah. I thought, oh, it's 15 minutes, oh, bloody hell, go help, help. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but I, I felt that with every goal, though. I thought every goal was a kind of, oh, well, we're playing well, but let's just see what happens now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, they, they, but they maintained the, the level you're at. I, I, what you said about um, Carcedo and about Moises. Moises! And, um, Moises! Uh, and, uh, they were really uh, good. And Enzo playing together, yeah. I thought was they did some lovely little one twos together and yeah. little moves. Um, yeah, well, pre- previously they they looked awful because they were kind of isolating yeah. themselves. I mean, yeah. people were digging out Casado, people were pointing out no, no allegiance either way. Well, yeah, because he's in a situation where you know we lose the ball higher up and he's got a three on one. Yeah, well, that's the Wolves' goals for you, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. he he was a dick for giving the ball away, but he was monstered by two people, and he was on his own because he was isolated. Uh, and I totally agree with you. I mean, I would love to 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 be able to talk to Poch and find out what happened because I I cannot believe it's taken him this long to figure out that maybe it might work if you play four two three one and you have those two in a double pivot. I can't believe that he hasn't thought of that before. But J.K., yeah. what do you reckon? But it looks like preseason. That's what they did in preseason. Yeah, they pressed exactly like that in preseason. They played like that in preseason, not with the same players, obviously. Then brought them in, but that was the pattern, and it allows Jackson to actually be better because he's he's coming in from the left hand side all the time. 
uh, uh, rather than being a you know and he can he, he he's he, I mean you know, hats off to him come back from um, uh, from the uh, uh, from Concaf whatever you call it he's come back from there and and he's Afcon they, they, Afcon he was that they were doubtful whether they were going to uh, pick him or not he said because he didn't know whether he's fit or not whether he had jet lag or whatever puts him straight in and uh, and he and he he gives you a performance. And uh, I thought that was his best performance of the season as well. I mean, the, so that was impressive, really impressive. I, I mean, here's the thing: I wonder, I wonder if, if I mean, you know, this is, I mean, I mean, look, I, I want to give Pochettino an awful lot of credit for this actually, because he had a very tough week. Um, you know, all the talk last week was that's it, we can't go on like this. He has to take. I mean, I, I as you know, I, I, I I'm. I wouldn't say I, I love the man to pieces, but I, I think he's the best Chelsea manager we can get at the moment. I'll stand by that. I think that, you know, yes, he will need time because he is that kind of manager. But I do think he's been, been dealt an absolute shit show of a f- shambles this year and compounded totally by injury. So maybe this also explains why some of these things are taking time to figure out. The other thing I was going to say is maybe he's figured out after... Um, not listening to this show and moaning about it because I think a blind man can see this. But we, we've been saying for the last few weeks uh, we have wingers, yes, but they're all absolutely shit. So you know, maybe he's been playing Mudrick in the hope that oh, this guy's got loads of talent. Surely he's got to come good. Maybe he just thought, you know what, he's not, and, and maybe he's just sick to death of Sterling, like we all are. So maybe that made him play this kind of four-two-three-one, where actually you're not really playing with wingers because you know Jackson and Madueke were. Were really they were like old fashioned inside forwards, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I also think maybe Pochettino's taken a little bit of time to recognise that the Chelsea he joined in 2023 is not the same Chelsea when he left English football in uh, 2019 or whenever it was. I think that's, I think he's realised, oh shit, mate, this this isn't the same, isn't the same structure, and you know they've not, they're not buying these established players. There is a bit more work to do about. At Spurs, I seem to recall he got fed up with established players, turfed a lot of them out, and brought in. Um, he, I don't know what type of career he's had since, but Harry Kane. Mm. So who? You know, who? I, I don't know. I've, I've I've not heard of him either. You know, I think he's a bit of a flash in the pan or something. But um, yeah, he brought him in on, and turfed established players because he just got fed up with them, and they eventually took off. Now I'm not I'm naive to say it's a turning point. Now it's all forward from here there will be a lot of bumps in the road there will be performances that absolutely cause us to gnash our teeth again but for to you know for this this weekend i'm just gonna you know enjoy the fact there was a a fantastic win and more importantly the lifeblood of the club the people who've been watching this for the last 18 months are wondering what the fuck's going on the fans who are up at villa park on wednesday night that was for them i hope they fucking enjoyed every minute of it I mean, yeah, absolutely, Mars. I mean, it was for all of us because we've all really needed something like that. I mean, oh. I mean, one of the worst things about this season for me—I know this sounds strange—but it was, it was seeing Chelsea play the way they did against Man City, which is another match that came out of nowhere. We all expected to get completely humped by City at home, and we matched them, and we went toe to toe with them. We were aggressive. We were snapping into tackles. We were pressing. We were getting forward. We were scoring goals. All of those things. I mean, I know we also shipped for. But it, it, I remember at the time we were all saying, "Shit, maybe they're not completely rubbish. Maybe they can play football. Maybe they can compete with these guys." And then, of course, it all went backwards again. So it's like so frustrating. Yeah. So we all needed this, but I totally have you right. I mean, 
all the people that needed it most. It was the. I mean, I thought J.K. I mean, normally one of us. But you, you weren't there, were you? you didn't, didn't go on Wednesday, did you? Couldn't go. No. I mean, normally one of us would have been up there, but I mean, six thousand. They sang non-stop. They got behind the team. They were absolutely bloody brilliant, and they are the lifeblood of this club. And as Martin says, they more than anybody deserved this. I think, didn't they? It's fantastic. There are six thousand. When you get the opportunity with the FA Cup, that you can take over that number of seats. And they were absolutely superb. I wanted to mention the fan bite. I didn't have enough enough time to do it. Um, but it, it, you uh, and they they had they turned them up sufficiently on the telly to allow us to, to hear. Or they'd gone through the the lexicon. They'd gone through the compendium of tunes for the whole of the game. They did not stop singing for the for the ninety minutes. And it was uh, it was remarkable. Can I just make a point? Which is the problem I have with this situation with Poch is. I think he's just as likely on Monday to pick Sterling and Silver, and 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 because I'm, and unless he is the man that I would like him to be, who is somebody who has made a decision, perhaps pushed by Mrs. Silver, he's thought, "Sod it, she, he's criticised me. I'm going to go along with it." Well, I mean, uh, no, I I I I disagree. I I now know what the absolutely sublimely beautiful, lovely Bella meant. When she said it's time to change because you can't wait, I think she was she, get, getting him to drop silver. Actually, I think she's a proper fan, and she thought, "Mate, he's not up to it. He's got you know, drop him, log him off, mate." That's what she meant. Or she's just incredibly fucked off with his cold spell in London recently and wants to go back yeah, to Brazil. I joke, I joke. I mean, look, I mean, look, it, it, this is a real problem, by the way, because. I don't know how conflicted you lot feel, but I certainly do because he's been brilliant for us. He's lovely, brilliant, fantastic. The whole Silver family have been have enriched our lives for the last year. I mean, you know, I will. Apart from uh, the fact that I finally got to an away game uh, that that will be remembered, you know, for twenty, thirty years, as in the, the the humping of Spurs, which was just a joy to be at. I will also always remember that match. The fact that I met Bella Silver and had a photograph with her, which is a rather fanboy thing to do, but. You know, it matters. So they've been fantastic. But, you know, he is 39 going on 40. You know, he is at the end of his career. He has been brilliant. He's been one of the greatest players in that position, you know, of his generation. But maybe this was a season too far for him. I mean, we were talking a couple of seasons ago, oh, can we get one out of him? And that was a couple of seasons ago. So time waits for no man. And whilst I love him, maybe the time is nigh, Martin. I think it was more him trying to stay at a standard of football that would allow him to play for Brazil at the World Cup last year. Mm. And then he stayed on he stayed on this season and full credit to him. He's he's not he's not been com- he's not been completely awful. He's just occasionally little ricks and just it was just obvious that certain parts of his play were causing issues and I think some of the some of the journalists have pointed out that some of the more heated debates between Pochettino and the players have involved Thiago Silva. Like during, I think during the Spurs game in particular, Chelsea had taken the lead, and um, Pochettino and Silva are having a bit of a tete-a-tete on the sideline. I mean, and then, having said all that, right? Um, and it's quite interesting because you, you've got my notes, which are what I wrote during the game, which I think is also quite revealing in in terms of where we we have been in terms of you know our support because it's I'm reading back through this and it's still quite critical and miserable and negative um I'll just read these out for you to kind of highlight actually maybe why you know 
maybe he needs a rest because he's still quality. Chelsea defending all over the place from minute one, missed tackles and not picking up players in the box. That was in minute one. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this is probably about quarter of an hour gone after Connor scored. Meanwhile, Badiashil nearly fucks it up with another missed kick. He did. He had a fucking air shot in the penalty area. Petric, Petrovic bailed him out again. Um, right, this is uh, about half an hour in. Chilwell drops the ball when throwing in, which was unbelievable. Uh, oh. And then it got hoofed down park. Badia Shield, another error, he let the ball bounce, which enabled the Villa player to get in round him and put a shot away. So that's, is, there a, is there a deliberate typo in those notes? Uh, what, Badia Shite? No, that's, yes. that was on, that was definitely on purpose. So that's three errors. Um, we all know he's got an error in him. I have to say, I mean, I know he went off injured, didn't he, uh, later in the in the second half, but uh, I was about 87 minutes. I think the defence got better as the game went on. I mean, I, I just to, for, for reasons of balance, um, I thought um, just after Enzo scored, Dizazi did a great block, great bit block, of defending, stopped yes. a certain goal, proper defending, yeah. loved that, loved it a yeah. lot. So, you know, I mean, I think I think that this is a symptom of where we are. And I, what I mean by that is not, oh, my God, we're shit. I mean, we've got young players. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to be up and down. But, I mean, I remember when Badia Shiel and Dezazi were signed and it was very much, oh, 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 they played for Monaco. They've played together for a long, 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 long time. This could be the, the potential uh, central defence for Chelsea for many years to come. It may well be, but uh, they've got to iron some of those errors out, JK, surely. Because it costs us, or it can cost us. I think he wants to get Colwell back in if he can, instead of Badia Shield. I agree. I think actually Badia Shield is a very much a work in progress. But the advantage he's got is he's he's a lot quicker than Silva. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced we've seen so the he, end of is he, is, he, is, he, is he like Quicksilver? Um, uh, he's a bit mercurial. But um, and oh, but apart from that, <laughs> um, so my punishment for getting the score right uh, is that you're just not going to laugh at any of my jokes tonight, isn't it? No, it, I, I just didn't think it was very funny. I thought it was kind of clever, but Quicksilver. Meow. Is, is it? No, is it, Martin? Quicksilver's not particularly funny, is it? It's just you know, uh, it, it's like silver. Is he Quicksilver? Yeah, uh, I'm I, not. I'm not refereeing this. You know. <laughs> He's like, would you give Chidge a blue card? <laughs> no, no, no. That we're still in the trial phase on those. Oh, of course we are. Okay, good, good. You know, I've got a finger from Chidge. I can't believe it. I thought we only did V signs. Oh God! Nice fingered you now, oh, Jacko. No. Oh dear. No, no, that's not fair. I meant that with an element of satire there, because we're going to talk about that later on. Well, oh, oh, we are, because it came up in the press, didn't it? Yeah, it yeah, did, yeah, it yeah. did indeed. Can I just also put, yes. uh, on, while we're talking central defenders and trying to wrestle this back to something resembling the topic of football, yeah. um, uh, maybe, I, I honestly, you know, the, the, the latest what-if on Chelsea injuries is if Wesley Fafana hadn't smashed his knee up doing God knows what. Um, whether that would have improved the situation, well, but maybe. I guess we'll never know. I mean, he did look he did look good, didn't he? But he's also I think he, I think he looked he, he looked a lot more composed, and yeah. he had a bit more Premier League ex- experience. So he was terrible against Real Madrid, though. Well, who wasn't <laughs> really? But wow, yes, I suppose they were all terrible. Well, indeed, you're right. Yeah. Well, the, well, the only one well, the only one who stood out for me was Kanse in the first leg because he was the only one getting forward with the ball, and then no one was making a supporting yeah. run. 
Yes. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. We also know he's quite injury prone and uh, maybe he'll always be injury prone from now on. I mean, who knows? It's, there's lots of... Un- it's a bit like Donald Rumsfeld. There are known knowns, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. But anyway, um, what we do know, JK, because uh, you yeah. mentioned this earlier on, I mean, obviously, bring on Dirty Leeds next. I cannot wait for that. A proper cup type. Dirty Leeds. Bastards. 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 Dirty northern bastards. Dirty I can't northern wait. bastards. Dirty northern bastards. Is this true? There were, I saw some kind of mad rumour kicking around today that the police want to move it uh, forward. So it could end up being a midweek game played at like three o'clock, which would be great. It'd be like bunking out of school again, won't it? Oh, nah, it'd be like the North End. That's a load of bollocks. Yeah, I think it's a load of bollocks too. But um, yeah, I mean, bring on dailies. We can't wait. What a fantastic up tie that will be for us. But what we need is we need consistency. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because Poch was going on about consistency a lot. We've been going on about consistency a lot. We need to have some consistency. I, I just don't know. I don't know. How how do you how do you inculcate consistency in a team which is thoroughly inconsistent? I don't know how you do that. That's why, because I don't get paid 10 million quid a year to manage the football yeah. club. You can maybe start with a consistent team selection, which goes to what you've been saying about keeping... Keeping it as it is as best you can. Right answer, Martin. Right answer. Will he do that? I'm not convinced he will. No. No. He can't. He he can't if Badia shields. He picked up an injury, so we have to see. He's got a groin. He's got a groin injury. We just have to see who comes in. If Colwell's fit, does he play or does he revert to tried and trusted? We shall see. Well, who knows? I mean, I, I, I I have, I've often had an awareness in my groin, so I, I kind of feel for Badia Shield there, really. But anyway, um. Well, we will find out, won't we? And uh, of course, Moving we'll, swiftly on. we'll yeah, another another joke that went on the floor. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. If you didn't laugh, it. no, it wasn't very funny. But I got it. though. You know, you usually you're, you see, obviously, you, I think maybe what happens is basically you just suck up to me during the show and laugh at my jokes because you know that I'll I'll be nice and kind and magnanimous. But now you're all bitter and twisted because you got the results are hopelessly wrong. You're just punishing me. That's what you're doing. You're punishing me, J.K. You are of course absolutely right. Chich. I know. I'm I am. I am a bitter and twisted like that. I know. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not a psychotherapist for nothing, you know. Right. So um, you got what? It right. what? I'm just going for a lie down. I'm just going for a lie down. <laughs> on the couch? Uh, no, 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 just on the floor. No, if you went on the couch, I'd have to charge you. Uh, right. Um, we are going to have a break in a minute. Um, but before we do, a quick reminder that uh, uh, there's a new issue of CFC UK out, and uh, you will be able to pick it up. Uh, obviously at the CFC UK stall, every home game uh, opposite Fulham Broadway, but uh, there will be people selling them. Certainly DJ will be around at the Palace game, so if you want to pick up your copy there, do so. If you if you can't make it to matches, don't worry. Um, you can subscribe to CFC UK by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. And um, I don't know, I mean, it's quite late in the season now, but I don't let that stop you. But normally, if you did this at the beginning of the season, it will cost you 20 quid in the UK for a year subscription, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid in the rest of the world. Or alternatively, if you don't want like a hard copy, you get a, a PDF emailed to you. So a digital subscription will be six quid for a year or a pound each, and you can pay via PayPal. And uh, as ever, our uh, weekly or... Oh, actually, yes, this is some, some news associated with this. Uh, if you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then you need to get yourself a Chelsea pitch owners share and of course if you do you will have a share of the freehold which means that uh, change hating alcoholic yadars will have power over all of you non-alcoholic yadar 
fans which i know upsets you uh but anyway no in all seriousness it means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium and that the reason for the cpo was to protect it from any owner uh basically doing a naughty on us selling it from under our feet to a property developer and not coming up with the goods to replace it there is a very good reason why this is there it is not just about uh, preventing change or preventing a new stadium because the reality is is that most of the people that own these shares are Chelsea supporters and like you lot everybody they want we want you know we want a new stadium and if if they vote that it's a good idea if it is in fact a good idea if it doesn't threaten or jeopardize the future of the club they will vote to do that so put get back in your box you wallies uh anyway uh 110 quid for an electronic share about 175 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player um Watch this space. We have some very Chelsea pitch owner related news coming up, which I will not, uh, I mean, in a future show, which uh, I will uh, enlighten you about nearer the time. So keep your ears peeled. Right. Go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners. That's all you have to do. Right. We'll be back for the opposition view after Martin has said something. Just very quickly, I noticed a CPO tweet earlier in the week. I think they either have or are in the process of obtaining signed shares from Emma Hayes and possibly members of the women's team. I think that's a marvellous idea. What a bloody good idea. Well, not before time in my view, and especially as Emma's Hayes is leaving at the end of the season might be good to get a job lot ready for future. No, I think that's a super idea. So there we go. Right, we'll be back in a minute for Opposition View. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Okay, it's time for this. The Opposition View. 
That's right, another episode of Opposition View, and uh, obviously I'm Stanford Chidge, this is the Chelsea Fancast, for those of you who've got the memory of a goldfish and can't remember that we've just had part one, but uh, we've got the absolutely wonderful, an old friend of ours actually, from Love Sport Days, it's the wonderful Hambo from the back of the nest. Hello mate, nice to see you. Hello, nice to see your face as well. Yeah, I mean normally it was on the on the phone, wasn't it? So you, you never yeah. got to see our ugly mugs, but there you go. Technology, eh? I know. Hey. What would what would we do yeah. without it? Exactly right. Yeah. Right, yeah. we've got your lot on uh, Monday night. Obviously, mm. otherwise you wouldn't be here. Um, lots going on at Palace. Lots lots to empathise with. Now, on a scale of one to ten, how angry are Palace fans at the moment? I think you know there's a majority that would say that they're around an eight or a nine. Yeah. It's um. It's as toxic as I've seen it for for a very long time, possibly ever. And and it's funny because you know I'm I'm you know classing myself as one of the older fans now, which is traumatizing because when I started podcasting, <laughs> I was a young lad. Me, but, me um, too, believe it. Or not. No, <laughs> not true, not true. <laughs> <laughs> but you just kind of think, well, there was so, there was so many things that were so much worse than this. You know, scrambling at the bottom of the championship, trying to stay in it. You know. Trevor Francis years, Peter Taylor years, just real like terrible football, bang average players, and the occasional little little spark of something which gave you hope, and you were just like, but we we used to struggle on a regular basis, dreaming of days of of trying to stay in the Premier League. So, um, but I think why we're angry at the moment is we just don't understand the the direction of the club anymore. Um, I think from the outside looking in, people are like, we've had terrible injuries to key players. You know, you're only Palace. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be thinking too highly, you know. And Roy's done a great job steadying the ship and you're just like, you haven't seen it. You know this. When you watch your team every week, yeah. everybody else is an expert on your team, but they don't watch your team all for for a game every single week. Yeah, mate, we, we, this, we, we've had people oh. telling us, we've, I've, I've, I'm bored of how many bloody pundits on Sky and... Uh, mm. And the and BBC and Talksport telling me how brilliant Sterling has been for us this season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you but, watch the games? No. no. So, I know but you, how you feel. Yeah, but you know the truth. You can have a you can have a different opinion of something, but you know when somebody tells you categorically that you're you're wrong, and you're just thinking, but you you've not you've seen highlights at best. Yeah. Um, Let's face it, we're not great in the highlights. So, what? Imagine, imagine having to turn up and see this every week. I just think that you know, when apathy turns to anger, you've got a problem. You know, and, and apathy crept in a long time ago. And I think, sadly, the worst thing that happened for Roy was was doing so well for the ten games at the back of last year, because there's no way he should ever have been given the job for a season. No way. That should have been the swan song, the steady the ship ride off into the sunset and we can all think what a wonderful manager what a wonderful you know palace legend if you like one of the mm. statistically one of the best managers we've ever had which he still is but the football oh there isn't any well i mean you know in, in a i mean I, I thought it was not not that i'm about to, to try and do what you just moaned about pundits doing but you know <laughs> from the outside looking in you know what was going on last season i, th- I thought that it was the right decision to appoint roy I mean, in a way, though, he he is the epitome of a caretaker manager, not least because he actually looks like a caretaker. <laughs> um, but yeah, hiring him this season. I mean, you, you you had Patrick Vieira, which I thought was actually a really, you know, quite an inspired at the time, quite an inspired choice of manager. It was like really, it felt really forward looking and quite ambitious. Um, 
it went a bit pear-shaped and yeah i mean roy steadies the ship because that's what he does but then hiring him for a I mean, you know, he's too old, mate, surely. You know, it's time yeah. to go, surely. I, I think the game, and I, I don't like to be disrespectful because I, I do have a lot of time for it. Like most of the listeners to our our podcast would tell you otherwise. They think I've got some massive agenda against Roy, but I don't. I honestly <laughs> think the guy's, you know, he'll go down as one of the, the legends of, of the managerial, yeah. you know, right. So, no, so. no, one's, no one's had that longevity, really. You know, he's, he's incredible. But, you know, he has got some blind spots and they've just increased over time. And it happens. It's why you don't get a lot of 76, 77 year old managers. And, you you know, in, in normal jobs, you don't you don't work that long because, you know, time catches up with you. It's hard Unless you're the president of the United States, obviously. Yeah, of course. And then you're allowed to. I nearly <laughs> said something terrible that you have to admit it there. But, um, <laughs> but dementia you know goes I mean? with the job, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Reagan started that. It's fine. It's all good. True enough. Um, but look, it. It's I, I, you don't want to be mean. Some people said some pretty horrible stories, Brighton, on our live reaction show on YouTube, and, and I kind of felt really bad about that afterwards because in the moment you're frustrated, but you re, you know we really should have shut some of that down a little bit, I think. But you, people are, are being very personal to Roy. It's not a personal thing, you know. You're you're spot on when you say you know he shouldn't he shouldn't be there because he can't keep up with what you have to do in the in the game these days you have to rotate a squad your fringe players have to get minutes and they have to get minutes regularly you have to be brave for your substitutions and you sometimes have to send a team out against a team that's much better than you and you don't say this team is much better than us we'll be lucky to get anything you tell your team that you've got every possibility of getting a result yeah. but Roy is very down on he will literally name young players and, and hang them out to dry but you'll never catch him criticizing a senior player um i'm in the process of doing some statistical analysis on some of our players just to kind of make a point um i'm quite bored now to be honest with you because it's a lot it's a lot of data but i've picked um one of the one of the worst performing players of the season in jeffrey schlup um you know he has done other than other than tackles he's basically contributed nothing to the entire season roy hodgson has never ever said a word about him never said that he's had a poor game never said that he's had a good game never talked about him anyway but he's gone on record about, about some really promising young players saying that you know bringing them on made the team weaker um they're gonna have to fight for their chance they're gonna have to take the opportunity and you're just like this this isn't palace palace is a is a club that gives opportunity to the exciting players you know and and lets them you know spend time in the first team and and develop in front of our eyes that's what we get behind that's why we get so excited um and that's what we come and watch every week you know we know we're not going to be able to go and buy you know 50 million pound players we want to create them mm. um and to have somebody who's just dead against that and i think he thinks that you know i think it's so he's so far removed from what an 18 year old is now they're, they're basically a, a fetus to him you know <laughs> So I think that's what it is. He sees Joel Ward as a, he made Joel Ward captain at the start of the season. That's a thirty-four-year-old right back. Yeah. So he's basically saying this is going to be my right back for the season. We're like he's not been able to stop a cross for six years, Roy. He's he's not a starting right back. But ironically, we've we've you know in the transfer window we actually finally signed a, a new right back. But anyway, I could moan forever, Chidge, as you've noticed. No, no, I, I, I feel your great. I feel your pain, mate. I I know the feeling. I mean. I mean, the thing that, well, I'm intrigued by, by something which I'll, I'll, I'll explain in a minute. But I mean, the, the thought, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It, you know, entitlement is all relative, you know, and, mm. 
I mean, we're we're going through a bit of that kind of existential entitlement ourselves, you know, that we can't bear to lose games because we're so used to winning everything. And, and, you know, I mean, people in my generation, of course, remember when we couldn't, you know, win anything. So, you know, it's all relative, isn't it? But it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't feel the pain because you can't. And that's the point. Um, my, the thought occurs to me, though, I mean, is, is this all Roy's fault? Or, you know, is there a parallel... I mean, there is a parallel possibly at Chelsea because everybody, you know, before the Villa game last week, there was the, you know, the, the, the headline news amongst Chelsea supporters was potch in or potch out, you know, should should he go? Is that, you know, is that it? I mean, you can't lose two games conceding four in a row, blah, blah, blah. You know, we never liked him because he was, spur- you know, all this, all that stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet so there were some of us, me included, who were saying, well, yeah, you know, he's not blameless. He's been a bit of a spanner for a lot of the season. But actually, who on earth are we going to get at the moment? Because within the space of 18 months, our wonderful American owners have completely gutted and surgically removed any winning mentality that this club had. And mainly, you know, really, we should be pointing the fingers at them, not Poch, who's had to inherit this disaster zone. So, I mean, I know you've got American owners. Is the focus, should the focus be on them or is it is it really Roy's fault, basically? I, I think it's a really good point, and there are parallels there. I mean, it, like, if I could speak to your situation a little bit first, mm. and I, I would say, you know, I can, I can look back at when Palace first got back in the Premier League and we had Holloway in charge, and we had this kind of, oh, God, we got up through the playoffs, let's just buy an entire squad. And we did. And then all of a sudden, we couldn't play football, and we just had to bring the, the bones of the promotion squad back in the side, brought in Pulis, and just played the same team we'd played the year before, and suddenly everything was all right. You cannot, you just cannot do that level of surgery that quickly and expect anything to knit together. You know, the only question you've got to ask about Pochettino is, is he the man to bring that club together? You know, is he worth the patience from the, from the outside looking in? He is, you know, because he's done it. He's brought teams together. He's engendered spirit. He's got a system of playing and he's kept at it for a period of time. And eventually it will pay dividends and it's going to be real hard to be patient. But absolutely, your owners coming in and, and just spending like there was no tomorrow, bringing in player after player after player, stockpiling in the worst possible way. That the damage that does, because who are the who are the personalities? Who are the the strong players, the leaders amongst the squad? Um, you know, who who are they and well, who we, are they to these new people? It's we won't know for about three years. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and that's the point. We're we are yeah. not a, a, a supporter group fan base, call it what you will now who are prepared to wear that. And, of course, yeah. this is a very American thing. Come in, rip it all up, start again, and be okay with it taking three to five years to bear fruit. Well, not for us, mate. I mean, I'm 58. I don't want to, like, we've been to my 60s before we can compete again, you know, yeah. having had 20 years of success, you know. So it is fascinating it's, what's happened, I think. Yeah, for sure. And and you're right. There is there is a degree of, an, of Americanism about that approach. And, you know, you know we our, our owners, I mean, Harris and Blitz are a, a more background. Mm. You know, they've got other interests. Well, Steve in, in Jones, lots of other Steve Parrish, sorry, is the is the yeah. uh, the, so, the, yeah, the main face of it still, isn't he? I see. He's one of the the smallest shareholders now. He's only got ten mm. percent of the club, but he maintains the chairmanship, and yeah. he he's the one who does who has the biggest say in anything. And in fact, our largest shareholder, John Texter, who, who's also an American, who owns Leon and uh, Botafogo, mm. um, amongst other interests in in various other clubs, he's trying to get that multi club model together. But he doesn't have that controlling stake in Palace that perhaps his investment deserves. So we feel there's a bit of friction there. Um, you know, I, I know Texture has gone on record 
really about wanting to spend, wanting to invest mm-hmm. in the squad. And Steve Parrish has that whole, you know, be, you've got to be very careful with that. Money doesn't buy you success. Yeah. Let's let's do things the Palace way. And so you've got that kind of conflict going on there. But then you've also got, as you've talked about, that, that kind of expectation. You know, Palace, after 10 years in the Premier League, off the pitch are a very different proposition. And it's really unsettling at times because those of us that came up with the club and and just kind of knew that it was that togetherness that kept us in the league, you know, the the club and the fans working together, we can't really recognise this sort of new breed of of entitlement, um, you know, young fans who have only been Palace fans since we've been in the Premier League. That's that's never been a thing. Yeah. We've never had, you know, fans who only remember the Premier League years and it's very disorientating. Mm. So there is a lot of, you know, conflict away from the managerial position that's a bit confusing and a bit, you know, a bit hard to overcome. But when it what it boils down to is if you can understand the decisions that the manager is making and you can see there being you know, a process of trying to make things better. You, you can kind of forgive him for all the other crap that's around that he's had to deal with, like underinvestment in the squad, you know, some fickleness in the fans. But he unfortunately he does not, he does not seem to be thinking that there's any need to change. So he looks at, um, he was asked what he thought after we lost 5-0 to Arsenal and said, what did you work on in the, in the week? And he said, nothing. You know, that was, you know, we lost 5-0 to Arsenal. We, we didn't do anything differently. We just got on with it and focused on the next game. And you're just like, okay, don't really want to hear that. I want to hear, we probably looked at the fact that we've got the worst record in the Premier League from set pieces, conceded a bunch, haven't scored from any. And that's a basic thing for a club like us, right? And a manager like Roy Hodgson, mm. like pay, pay some attention to the set pieces. Stop conceding from corners. Yeah, And then you you might have a chance of winning some football matches. So those things are baffling. The lack of support to, to young players is baffling. You know, yeah. you've got a bunch of injuries. We'll, we'll forgive anything. If we've got, we've got coming into this game, we've got Eze out, Elise out, Mark Gay out, uh, Cheek Decore is out long-term. Um, Jezrak Saki, young player who was coming back into things, former Chelsea youth, he's out. Um, we, we've just got, you know, injuries absolutely everywhere. So we'll be fine. If he says down to bare bones, going to chuck in a, a bunch of young lads. I mean, France is the one. £17 million investment in in him um, from Fluminese. And we know he's not ready. We know he's not Premier League starter week in, week out. But when you're down to your bare bones and you've got no pace in the team and no attacking, attacking intent, and you see this kid coming off the bench now and then, and all he is is a pacey attacking player. Yeah, the other part of the game he needs to develop, but he'll give you pace and he'll attack and he'll carry the ball. You think that's chuck him in then we've got no other options chuck him in Roy will not do it he will not do it and he'll talk he's been talking for three months about the fact that he he's ready and a hammer who never gets a game he's ready They're, these players are ready they've got to take their chance but the chance never comes mm. it's Jeffrey Schlupp every week if he could pick a team of 11 Jeffrey Schlupps he would mm. it's weird isn't it I mean you know I mean actually the, the, to go back to your point I mean it's it, it's got to be a huge blow for you on Monday having Gay, Elise and Eze out because, I mean, arguably they're your yeah. best players. I mean, certainly Elise and, and Eze. Um, I mean, who who are you going to pick? And, I mean, just to reflect back on what you were saying about the youngsters, mm. um, you know, you can, you can put, you know, the odd two, maybe three youngsters into a team that's established with a lot of experienced players and knows what they're doing and they can often 
overperform. I mean, the problem that we've got is we're fielding teams of with eight youngsters who've maybe had ten Premier League games altogether, which is why we've come a cropper yeah. so much this season. We were we were talking about this on the show not so long ago. We were we were remembering the. Uh, when we went to Liverpool away and uh, Gerard famously slipped and, and we beat them 2-0. We actually had uh, a couple of kids playing in central defence. One of them was Thomas Callas. Hardly ever played for Chelsea again. And they put in man-of-the-match performances at the yeah. age of about 19-20. I don't think they ever played for the club at the Premier League level before. You can do that, but you can't field an entire team of them. No. you you, you But you have to know... You know when when you don't have you know when you don't have a choice to some degree, but yeah. you have you but you have to know how to manage those kids. You know, I think if the the problem with Roy is he knows, but he just it's like he can't be bothered anymore. It's like it's too much hassle to like he's not going to be here next season. So what does he what does he care? Yeah, you know, I gave this example. We got a, a midfielder called David Ozo, real big big talent. Um, you know, from from our perspective, we want to see more and more of him. He played absolutely outstanding. He played about. It's 60 minutes against Man City when we, we came back and drew that game. Well, we had no real right to do so. He was absolutely outstanding. And the next week, you're just thinking, well, to come on and play like that, you've got to start him next week. But he was dropped and Will Hughes came in. And he's just like, why? And it just kind of hits home. Mm. When you talk about um, you know giving young players opportunities, You when you know that there's no way whatsoever that David Ozo would have got any Premier League minutes this season if it wasn't for injuries. No way. He might have trained with the first team a bit. He might have gone on the bench in the cup or something like that. You know you're, you're, you're too far gone, really, when it, comes to, when it comes to the manager. But in terms of who we're going to pick, we don't really have too much in terms of choice. You know, I'd love to tell you that we're going to pick some unknown kids on the wing that are going to tear you apart and you're you won't know what's hit you but the truth is we'll probably start with Schlupp on the left and are you on the right mm. with one of Mateta and Edward up top uh, and then we'll probably play um, Will Hughes at number 10 despite the fact that he runs in treacle and <laughs> we'll expect that to do something and then once you score in the second or third minute we'll uh, we'll just see what happens well yeah we'll see about that um, kind of a bit of a tangent really but I yeah. kind of I suppose on a similar theme um you know, Conor Gallagher was was superb for you, and I mean, I know you you wanted him, and and I'm a huge fan of his, so I can a understand that, and b I'm very glad that that he 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 stayed with us. But of course, you know, the narrative all season has been that the the idiot Americans have been trying to uh, get rid of him and sell him to anybody who's prepared to pay enough money to because it's pure profit because he's a youngster, yes. and uh, of course they've spunked a billion quid on you know a bunch of unproven players, and now they've got an FFP issue. But yeah. you know what are your what are your thoughts on Connor? I mean, I don't expect you to have uh, you know been too aware of what's been going on at Chelsea, but I, I suspect you know you might have been casting an eye in his direction occasionally. Yeah, I definitely have. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I love I love seeing him be a success. I know it's been a hard season for you, but you know, I, there's been a couple of games off court where he hasn't really been at it. You know, he's, and, and I think at times he. Maybe he feels a little overshadowed by some of the players around him, but when he gets the game by the scruff of the neck, like he did midweek uh, against Villa, you just feel like you know he's an astonishing player when when he when he has that mentality. You know he's going to give you everything he's got, but I, I think it's for us. He did so well for us because we we looked at what he gave us and we kind of just let him 
do what was natural to him. Um, and we kind of built a, a midfield around that. And that's why he was a success. So I think if he's if he's overshadowed by players around him because of reputation or style and maybe the manager wants to build the squad to their strengths and he has to kind of make do, I think you'd lose you lose half of the player that he is. Um, I really do. I mean, what, what ostensibly what we've lost from Connor this this year is is his goal scoring because I mean mm-hmm. he he was banging a lot of goals in for Palace and he 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 looked to me when he was playing for Palace like a really really good box to box midfielder who can score goals. You know, he can defend, he can tackle, he's got energy, he can run around, he can press, but he could also link play and he could provide assists. I mean, he had it all essentially. Yeah. Um, you know what we've got from him this year is we've got, you know, the energetic, you know, never say die, puts in lots of tackles, Conor Gallagher. But what you haven't had is the goals. And, and I mean, he has got a few assists. I mean, statistically, actually, he, he's performing better than most of the Chelsea players. And all mm. of it, I mean, you know, there's a lot of us here who, who absolutely love him. He gets absolute pelters from these morons on social media who probably wouldn't be able to, you know, pinpoint Stamford Bridge on the map if they, their life depended on it. Or he's not called Conor Easy yeah. Gallagherozo or something, you know. I mean, yeah. we get it. We understand what he brings to the side. I think Pochettino does too, because he picks him very regularly. But I mm. do worry about the, the struggle that he has in a, in a massively underperforming team when he's arguably the only one who gets it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But it's lovely to hear you understand what he brings to a side. For sure, and look, let's face it—he's nailed on to score on Monday, isn't he? Now you've said he's not—he's not getting enough goals. We got, and... got one against Villa, didn't he? So you never know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do know. It's just what happens. Anyone who's played for Palace will score against Palace. It's I've just got, how it is. I've got to be honest, Hambo. I'm very glad that Gay's not pay, uh, playing because I, I would have put mm. money on him scoring against us and having an absolute worldie. But there you go. I mean, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's just such a such a shocker with him and his his knee. I mean, look, we've. We, the one thing we did have until you know, halfway into this season was an absolute colossal partnership between him and Anderson. You know, they were our saving grace, if you like, but both have, have started to drop off form-wise. But it sounds like it's a, a knee injury for, for Gay and hope for, hoping it's just a, like a hyperextension rather than any real damage. So, But he's definitely out of the game, sadly. He's, he's been good for you this season then? Yeah, he really has. It's just he's just very calm, and mm. you know, again, he's got good recovery pace anyway. But I just like the moments where he just feels like you can see him just think, "What is this?" And he'll just run the ball out of defence and go past a couple of people and play a lovely pass. Mm. And you just think, "Yeah, he's he's got gears in him that we don't really take advantage of." Yeah. And you stick him in a in a better team, with all due respect to the club that I love, you stick him in a better team. Um, he really can go up another couple of levels. He's a he's a fantastic player. Well, I agree, and and I mean, I, I look at what we've got, and I'm thinking, how on earth could they let somebody with that? I mean, you know, we've got Dzarzi and Badia Shield. Tell me that Gay he's not as good as them. Not not yeah, a chance in hell. You know. Anyway, I mean, look, recent recent history uh, is very much on our side. Um, I'm trying to think. We haven't. I think it's something like 13 head to heads. We haven't lost to Palace. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I mean, I think going going back to away, I, I was just doing my, my, my research before I got you on the old dog and bone. But we haven't lost away to you since 2017. Um, mm. I can't remember if that was the is that the one when John Terry scored an own goal? Possibly. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember because yeah, it was it was at Stamford Bridge when we had uh, possibly that was two, ba- 2014 ba- maybe. Not Batshuayi. Uh, 
Benteke scoring a lovely little chip finish. Yeah, the last time he scored a decent goal for us. Um, yeah, I, yeah. There's a few. There's a few little memories mixed in there of yeah. of us doing all right. But yes, when you said you know since 2017, I thought oh, that's not that long ago, and then realised that that's six years. Yeah, somehow well, we, we've won. Passed. We've won all. We've won all five since then, and. Mm. Uh, I mean, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you've only had one dubbing, and that was in 2021 when we beat you 4-1. But uh, yeah. they've actually, other than that, there's only been a goal in it for every every single one. Anyway, nevertheless, history is on our side. This we know. However, I mean, the issue we have at the moment is that we are just woefully, woefully inconsistent. Um, mm. So given all of that, do you fancy your chances on Monday? No. <laughs> 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 no, I, absolutely not. There's nothing in anything that we've done for weeks, including beating Sheffield United and Brentford, that gives me any confidence at all that we'll have any clue as to how to get. A, if we if it's not nil nil, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a Chelsea win. You know, we, we won't know what to do if you score first, and we're certainly not going to be scoring first. Um, there's there's just too much wrong at Palace right now. It's it's pretty rotten to the core, and you know we desperately need this to be one of those games that Roy just and the team just pull out of the bag where we're all going into it feeling like I've just articulated, and we just for some reason everything clicks and somebody belts something in from thirty yards and and then you know we catch you on the break and and it's t- you know two nil before you can blink that's the sort of game it's the only way we can really win and we desperately need that but we just don't have anything going forward mm-hmm. and if roy swallows his pride and picks Francer from the start leaves schlup on the bench maybe plays a hammer in midfield so we got some pace we got some people who will carry the ball you know we might trouble you we might trouble you a little bit um, that's it. That's all we got. Were you at the bridge um, on? It wasn't Boxing Day. It was the day after, wasn't it? But did, were you at that match? No, sadly not. The uh, the two one. Yeah. Because no. I mean, um, I don't. I mean that. I actually, it was quite. Cl- I don't think we played very well at all. But it was quite mm. close. And I, I, I have a feeling it's. This is not going to be a shoe in for us at all. I think this is going to be quite close again. I think it's certainly one of those where you know, you're basically, it's down to you. It's down to. Mm how you how you approach the game mm. um if you take confidence from from within the week yeah um and just just really just pressure us we're, we're going to struggle we've got a couple of little things i suppose i should probably point a couple of little glimmers of hope so our two signings in january uh adam wharton from blackburn and daniel munoz from uh, somewhere in belgium again um they are they are the unknowns in our squad. So they came in against Brighton. Wharton came off the bench pretty early due to injury to, to Gay. Um and uh Munoz started. Um but he's an attacking right back, which is something we've not had for I don't know, forty years. Um and um and, and Wharton looks a real class player. He's a real forward thinking, it sits deep, sort of dictating play. If those are the probably the two players that I can't really say for sure. Um, what they might bring. So that if they're a surprise to us, they might be a surprise to you. Mm. So, you know, that's that's my glimmer of hope. All right. Going to stick a number on it for us. Oh, you always make me do this. I know. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-0 Chelsea. Okay. Yeah. 
I do think it's going to be tight, you know, but there we go. We will all say, I'm lucky enough to be going down. I haven't been down to Palace for a few years. I can't, the last time I went down to Palace, I, I, I think we won. I can't remember. Yeah. It might have been 1-0, but it was bloody foggy. It was it was oh. dank, foggy, <laughs> miserable. But I do, I, do, I do know that we won. I'm trying to, for the life of me, remembering when it was. I think it might have been... Um, I think it might have been a one nil, but I can't remember. Let me just have a look. We've had a, we've had a couple of those, haven't we? There was one a couple of years back. Yeah, one nil. Um, you beat us, beat us in Feb, twenty eighteen. I think you beat you beat us one nil. Yeah, it might have been December. That one. Yeah, that, that that it might well have been twenty eighteen. It was a dank, dank day, but uh, mm. I had a bit of fun. So I'm quite looking forward to going back again. So I haven't been, been back right. there since then. So there we go. I'm sure we would have. Uh, Maybe cleared up some of the Arthur Waite stand for you. I uh, doubt between, it. Between then and now, probably not. You know, you'll probably be able to find, if you dropped anything, you'll probably find yeah, it. Yeah, well, exactly. As um, long as I'm not behind yeah. a pillar or something. Like, I, mean, I, was, I was at the front last time I went, so hopefully I'll, I've okay. got, got a ticket down the front. I doubt it. Anyway, look, um, <laughs> I, obviously I can't wish you luck for Monday, but uh, I do, nope. you know, obviously wish you luck for the rest of the season. Hope you stay up and stuff. And, uh, you know, keep trundling on. You do have, you do have, I, well, I have a lot of sympathy with you for having American owners, that's for sure, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks, Judge, and uh, good to speak to you. Good to see your face again. Lovely, and thank you for coming on, and hopefully we'll see you uh, See you next season. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. See ya. There we go, the brilliant Hambo from Back of the Nest there, uh, who knows everything about Crystal Palace and is also a very lovely, lovely bloke. Right, um, we are going to go to a break, but before we do that... Uh, uh, because I've been a bit remiss, because the absolutely beautifully formed, lovely and delicious Alexandra Churchill, as you may have uh, noticed if you are on social media, um, has put out uh, a, a, a series of tweets with an absolutely stupendous um, design the other day. And the reason she's done this, of course, is because we are going into heavy, 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 heavy promotion mode of... Uh, the Chelsea Fancast on Tour 2024. Almost rhymes, Alex. Very, very good. Of course, what we're doing is we're visiting uh, the Western Front uh, or, or uh, Som, the Somme and Ypres battlefields, if you prefer. But uh, the whole idea is it's a long weekend. I'm going and uh, Tony Glover's going. Alex is going to be there. Uh, also, Johnny Dyer, who you will remember from the Podding Shed. Uh, and Andrew Holmes, who's been on this show before. So a whole load of us. Uh, Alex, uh, Andrew and Johnny Dyer are all, are all military historians as well. So they really know their onions on this part of the world. Uh, so basically, it's a long weekend where we all go out to France and Belgium. Uh, and uh, these guys introduce us to World War One through the eyes of Chelsea players and fans who fought and died out there. So we're going to go to Ypres. We're going to go to the Somme. We're going to go to all sorts of other iconic landmarks like... Uh, the Teepval uh, Memorial to Vimy Ridge, for example, um, and Delville Wood. I mean, very, very famous places. Um, and it is absolute. I mean, we did this a few years ago and we absolutely loved it. So it'll be full of really lovely people who are really interested in military history. It'll be full of really lovely people who may, of course, have had family members who fought and died out there, like I did when I went out there. Uh, my great-grandfather was a gunner on a tank. Uh, and he fought at the Battle of Cambrai, and it was actually kind of off the uh, off the agenda, really, because we weren't supposed to go down that far. But we went down there, and uh, Holmes and uh, Alex and everybody had done a load of research on my grandfather. Sorry, not my grandfather, my great grandfather, and found out how he died and what had been going on. They gave me all the context. It was absolutely brilliant. And of course, I then went to to visit his uh, where he's buried uh, and uh, Oroville Wood Cemetery. 
uh, which was obviously very moving. So, you know, if you've got relatives who fought and died out there, these guys will do a bit of research for you and give you all of the story. And it's it's very moving and emotional. So really good people. There's quite a football slash Chelsea bent to it because uh, they give us a bit of the history about the football regiment and Chelsea players who fought and died there. Um, it's a beautiful part of the world. There are great restaurants that we all go to. The hotel that we stay in in Ypres is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, of course, there's lots of Belgian beer to drink, and uh, you can drink as much as that if you want. Have a lot of laughs with us there. So it's this This is absolutely... It's like a once-in-a-lifetime trip. It really is, where you can get... get all, Well, as I said to the boys before the show, all of my favourite things combined in a week, in one weekend. You know, football, Chelsea people military history and lots of beer all in one place it's fantastic so uh come along really there's already quite a few of us signed up to go um the more the merrier frankly um it's going to be from the 21st to the 24th of june uh and it's going to cost it's, it's not cheap i'll give you that um i'm afraid hotel prices and travel and everything like this has rocketed since uh, the pandemic and inflation and everything else so it's 650 notes but it is well worth it honestly the hotels are fantastic and the company is even better it's well worth going. So more details, either email me at chelseafancast at gmail.com or just go directly to www.istoriatravel.org. I-S-T-O-R-I-A travel.org. So there we go. Uh, right, we will be back in a second for our preview of Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I am joined by the effervescent Jonathan Kidd. The not bitter oh, in any way, shape, or form, Jonathan Kidd. I love that word, effervescent. Thank you. Bubbly, bubbly, sparkling. And of course, we also. We, Hang uh, on, we, not, uh, bitter. Uh, not, uh, not bitter. Uh, yeah. Not bitter. Change. Not yeah. bitter. Not bitter. No, not bitter. No, no. no sorry, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, Martin, sorry. Yeah. Yep. And the lovely Martin Wickham, who deserves far more than that. Because uh, he's, yeah, a, I'm, I'm Guinness not bitter. You're Guinness not bitter, and I think I think uh, JK's more sherry than bitter, to be honest. But there we go. Right, it's time for our preview of the Palace versus uh, Chelsea game, which of course kicks off. I think it's eight o'clock. Is it eight o'clock on Monday? Yeah, eight o'clock on Monday. Um, I should know really because I am going. Uh, and as always, we are going to kick off with uh, the JK presser uh, uh, summary. Clever that chid. Kick off. Not funny, but clever. Clever. Um, yes. Now, I felt I felt that considering we'd played so well, you'd have thought the journalists would have said, what a fantastic performance. Uh, you should must be very pleased with yourself or you must be very pleased with the team. And they were just dismal. They just asked really rubbish questions. Uh, started off by asking about injuries and he just said uh, Baddy Ashiel was injured. Uh, which was then repeated later on, and he has a groin. I think he gave a Spanish word for groin, actually, but then they all giggled about it. Um, and he, but he was—he wasn't terribly bubbly. Um, but I was just—I was annoyed that nobody said, you know, congratulations on the victory. Not one single of the journos said that. They just—they—they um, they were. Uh, Colwell. He, he wanted at the beginning. It was about injuries. He said that he thought Colwell uh, possibly might play. 
Um, they're going to check on Sunday. And I think that's sort of vaguely essential because otherwise I think we're going to see Silver back in. Um, uh, because if if Colwell isn't there and Badia Shill isn't there, who else plays uh, on the left-hand side? Um, uh, who else plays centre-half? Uh, Chalabar wasn't mentioned. I just felt there was a complete lack of understanding of the journalists about what could possibly happen. But as I say, there wasn't much enthusiasm. Um, uh, um, he said um, he felt that... Um, uh, um, it, the game was good, said Poch. Well, yeah, you know, the game was fantastic. Um, it's a good opportunity to be consistent. Um, uh, we're, and he was asked whether they were closer to a starting eleven, which I thought was a bizarre thing to say, given they've still got lots of injuries. But I suppose what the journalist was hoping for was, a, you know, is that going to be fixed? But as as usual, he evaded it by saying difficult to say this is... Uh, um, to say that is um, is difficult. Little by little, we are um, we are selecting players who need time to reach the levels. Which, of course, in the end, you think he's just prevaricating. I felt in this in this press conference, he he just beat about the bush a lot. I didn't feel that he actually said anything particularly. Um, it's almost as if he's trying to avoid making statements about anything. And when we get to the the blue cards thing, he just similarly just waffles around it. And then finally, actually, says something about what he feels about it. But he says, we are improving. So he's still basically saying it's progress. He almost doesn't want to be seen to be saying, no, that was it. That was the next really excellent performance. Surely he's being realistic. Well, I, I just wish there'd been more enthusiasm in this press conference. I just, I felt it was all a, he was yeah. he was similar. Reflect, ref, yes, say it, Jim. No, so no, I, I, I've just something's occurred to me because you, you're making an excellent point here. I mean, it's very interesting because it kind of it, it possibly feeds through to this disconnect that we we're often we've talked been talking about recently because we want our manager to be very bullish and gung ho and say we're going to beat everybody and if we don't we're going to kill everybody i mean we want them to be really you know the cheerleader in a sense whereas he's not doing that he is actually being very measured and very considered and very realistic and i i suspect it's because you know he is actually a very good football manager unlike us and uh he he knows how fucking hard this is going to be he knows what he's got to play with and he knows that this is going to take a lot of time. So I think he's worked out that if he does the great big gung-ho, we're the best in the world, we're going to beat everybody, he is going to look like a complete dick and get fired quicker rather than later. But no, I, don't, I don't even think it's that. I don't think he, um, he, he, was, he would ever come out and say, yeah, we were great, it's fantastic. I just think I wanted, him to, I wanted him to be a bit more enthusiastic about the performance. I didn't want him to, to take three steps backwards about how we'd played and just say... Um, we are improving, you know. I yes, okay, that's the case. But I suppose in the past he's been he's had too many opportunities to. He's been found out a couple of times yeah. when he said yes, played well. He's keeping um, a lid on the ex- expectations. He, he, yeah, he, on the expectations. But considering he got so annoyed the other day after the um, the Wolves' performance, that um, uh, I'd have thought he would be justified to come in and say, yeah. We, we we trained well, but he actually did say that. He said we, we, we had a good build-up for Aston Villa. He said it was a good, you could feel there was a good um, uh, a squad attitude towards everything. I think they were embarrassed and ashamed by the, the last two performances. and so they, they similarly should be. Perform. Absolutely right. Um, then we got on to somebody asking really early on, um, blue cards, what are your thoughts? And if anybody doesn't know, um, 
the uh, uh, the powers that be have decided that they will um, uh, be trying out these these blue cards for 10 minutes in a sin bin. There isn't a sin bin. You just have to go off the pitch and sit where you'd normally sit. Um, and uh, they're in between uh, a yellow and a, you don't know where they come, yellow yellow and a red. You've got a blue just if, if it, it's supposedly to do with um, answering back and... Uh, um, uh, uh, I mean, just just giving the giving the ref, um, uh, what's the word you were giving? He just I don't know, just giving being being in his face. It's a kind of minor minor transgression that. Um, fucking uh, hell! Some of our lot will be in the fucking sim bin before kickoff. Well, the way I did you notice actually what was how Jackson very early on got involved in a a bit of rubbish chat with somebody. You just thought, go away, don't say anything to anybody or the ref. It's almost as if it's his his default is to kind of question in an aggressive way early on. Um, but yeah, so um, anyway, his attitude was difficult to explain. I don't think he knows the word is explain. Actually, difficult to explain, as he put uh, at the moment. Don't have much info maybe maybe a lot of people have tried to mansplain things to him ah yes chidge yes once again clever once again clever but not but funny not, enough no not funny no um um what is it complicated he said complicated for the fans plus players and i was thinking no it's not very complicated at all it's just about refs being abused or it's a kind of mid Mid card, I don't find that complicated. A yellow card is for actions on the field. That if you have two of those, you're going to get sent off. Red card is because you committed foul play. So why is it this difficult? Why is it why is it complicated for fans and players? Sorry, I don't get that. Then he pondered. Then he, what he does is he's very good. He comes in with energy as if he's going to say something really, really quite quite energetic. In fact, really as if he's going to say something. He said, "My feeling now is," and then he goes, "Uh, mm, uh." Uh, um, then he said, as if he was, a, it was as if he shouldn't be saying this. It was a piece of information that was actually really very important. It's not a good idea. He said, "Oh, okay, well, but we'll see." Yes, okay, yeah. What happened? I want opportunity to see how it work. Oh, okay. Now later on, when he was asked annoyingly exactly the same question by um, Simon Johnson, who I thought could really have just thought but they shouldn't be allowed to ask the same question. You know, if somebody's asked it before, ask a different question. Yes, absolutely. But he was intrigued because he wanted to ask. He actually said, would you have got a lot of blue cards when you were playing? And annoyingly, rather than getting the joke that it was a, a sort of slightly silly question from Simon, he did that thing of looking sideways to have it translated. Oh, 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 oh I see. Yeah. Oh, yes, perhaps I would. <laughs> and everybody goes, <laughs> and it was just like one of your one of your jokes just why have you there. made him sound like count von count yeah because because he somehow can't, he can't uh, do a pochettino accent I can't do a pochettino accent yes yeah, so and ken roy so will I, hate him even more yeah yeah even more yeah absolutely <laughs> but um um he then said a very good point actually one thing he said i don't know how it would happen if a goalkeeper was, was uh yeah. Was given a blue, blue card. Well, well, this is this is this is something I've always. If if you've got players surrounding a referee, giving him dissent, book the goalie. That's the word, dissent. Yeah, yeah. Book the goalie, even if he's got nothing to do with it. Book the goalie. I like that. And if ha- if it happens again, book him again. Red card. He's off, and they've yeah. got to make a substitution. That that will soon stop yeah. it. I love that, they, Martin. They, book what, random what people. Yeah. No, well, that's no. They just do, say, do in rugby, yes. though, don't they? In rugby, they just, he just says. 
the next person who does it gets the yellow gets the yellow no, but this, card. this isn't even that it's if you do it i'm gonna book your yeah 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 your yeah. most specialized player yeah, on the team but that's that's an element <laughs> yeah. of it. it's almost the element of the same thing i agree they should be allowed to do that they almost feel you can see them thinking no he he didn't do it why would i have to do that why would i have to to yeah to, but uh, hang on a minute in in, in in rugby, if they send somebody off or, or sin bin somebody off from the pack, you have to bring on a substitution because it's dangerous to scrum if you don't have certain people in that scrum. If you don't have a, a specialised front row, it's yeah. dangerous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but they, they, they but it's still it, it's it's still organised like that. They've thought it through yeah. in the same yeah. way that if a goalkeeper was sent off, I've, the stuff I read about on it today, they said you would have a 10-minute substitution. The other goalkeeper comes yeah, on for yeah, 10 yeah. minutes. So it is explained. It's not as if this is a, a mystery to Poch, who's making out it hasn't been thought through. Well, I actually yeah. thought his attitude towards it was rubbish. And I thought it was absolutely, it stank. I thought Jurgen Klopp's was better. He just said it's a load of bollocks, basically. Is that what he said? Pretty yeah, much. Said he, he Pretty much. Well. I, think, I think they're all wrong. I think they're all wrong. I think this is just these. These are conservatives. Um, these are d- dinosaurs. Is that why they're blue cards? The, the team. The team has to go. What did you say, Chidge? It's all right. It wasn't funny. No. Okay. Was it? Was it clever? Martin laughed. Yeah. No. Martin laughed. I know. I yeah. smiled broadly. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Mate. Um, but as far as tonight well, goes, that's other, an improvement. The other aspect of the blue card was um, if the goalkeeper gets yellow carded. Um, you uh, you give him a blue card, it, it becomes a corner. Oh, it's so a corner. Oh, it's every, a corner. Oh, it's a corner. Every time the goalkeeper, you go up to goalkeeper and yellow card him, but you don't just yellow card him when he's time wasting. Uh, no, sorry, I've got this completely wrong. Every time he time wastes, <laughs> you go up and award a corner, <laughs> which I think is great. I love it. I really love that idea because then we're, you we're so We're so shit at corners, though. They'll just intentionally concede them. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't I don't think so. But yes, but um, anyway, um, um, he was then asked by, um, uh, uh, um, um, oh, yes, a big thing about carrying on with the blue cards. Um, I need a better opinion, idea, my feeling. It's so complicated to add a card to the game, a question mark. And I thought, you're not a deep thinker, mate. I'm, I'm disappointed in you. I'm really disappointed. That is. Well, in fairness is... to him, he's come there to talk about a match he's managing and he's getting no, asked about. Well, yeah the yeah. blue card thing no, I, agree. I think I, they should have stuck to the topic in question and I agree, have but supplementary I agree. questions afterwards i agree completely but this is the whole thing about the press conference as to why on earth it was so low-key why there was no bollocks mate there. isn't it if i had to talk to if i had to talk to those wankers every week i'd be bloody miserable too oh god anyway somebody asked him was it a new standard after villa going forward um until the end of the season, which I suppose you think, well, yeah, possibly. It's not a bad question, I suppose. And he said, could be the starting point for us and to show more often this kind of performance. Well, it's stating the really obvious once again. Will you get um, uh, back-to-back, two back-to-back good performances, he was asked. We always believe that that is the momentum and time to be uh, committed, he said, which didn't make any sense at all. Yes, I think so. Hope so. It will be a good thing for us. You know, once again, he's just speculating about he hasn't got a clue really whether it's going to happen. Well, this is the kind. He's not going to give them anything, is he? Because they're not they're not asking no. anything vaguely interesting. Or if they, yeah, well, you know. indeed, he can't give an answer. He hopes yeah. they're going to yeah. perform two and get win two in a row. But and it may be the beginning of something for the rest of the season. But also in performances the, the season we've had so far, it's really unlikely it's going to happen, is it? Um, uh, 
He said, but many good things we need to keep for now and the future. Well, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, and will, will Connor and Enzo's scoring change things for them too? And he said, well, it was only a matter of time. They're so good, really good players. Great for Connor, great for Enzo, which I thought was a nice admission, yeah. clearly, that Connor is, you know, very much in his plans. Um, and he said it was important for him to feel the net. Very happy for him indeed. And he was asked about Benoit by Simon Johnson, who said he'd done his groin. Lots of laughter about the word groin. Who knows why that was? Um, um, how many blue cards, asked again, would you have got? I don't know the intention of blue cards, but for sure, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Go, everybody, in the journalist room. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and then he was asked, VAR isn't as simple as was first thought. Um, it's, uh, it's like VAR, good idea, says Simon, but comes down to ref's interpretation. And um, and he then said, I need caution to my answer rather than caution, which I thought was interesting. He used the word caution, but it was caution. I need caution to my answer because he didn't want to be abusive about referees. Yeah, He's very um, nice. He's a very nice man. But he said it's going to be interpretation of whether it's yellow or blue or red is going to be so difficult. Once again, I don't actually see that. If you're going to be sent off, it's red. If it's a caution, it's yellow. I am already very completely fucked off with and do not ever want to see a blue card ever again. Oh, I'm the opposite. I want completely to see blue cards. I like the idea. I like the idea of basically... Confetti. I like the idea... I like the idea of randomly yellow carding people, particularly, I mean, you know, like the most innocent player on the pitch, he's not kicked anyway, just randomly yellow card them because you can't. See, that I love. I love that idea. But fuck, well, for the hell of it, you yeah, mean? Yeah. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you mean to have to say, but I like just to say, I'm going to book next, you because I want to. I'm going to book you because you committed a foul, even though you didn't no, do a series. I'm going to yellow card the, you because you haven't committed a foul, but Jackson's committed five. So I'm going to punish you instead. Yeah, I like that. I agree. I like that very much. How, I, I, like... how I was brought up. Goalie. Do it to the goalie. Well, I stop. I know. Yeah, is, yeah, that, yeah. is that it for the presser or is there no, any more? No, no, no. Next, hang on very quickly. Hang on. Um, you know, we asked then about what the player happens with the good with the goalkeeper. You play with him for 10 minutes. Um, do you have to put the shirt onto an outfield player, he said. But no, you don't because they established that that's the case. But that was it. That was So it was a, it was a kind of weird weird press conference where he tried to avoid answering lots of the questions. He went backwards and forwards, not really giving an answer. And I, and I felt they once again asked absolutely stupid questions because they should have asked specific things about, um, uh, the, the silver question was never mentioned. I mean, You'd that's have amazing, isn't it? Would have been absolutely the perfect thing. The two, the two news stories out of the game were silver and Sterling not starting. And did yeah. that contribute to Chelsea playing better? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Not, I, not I mean, a fucking hell, mate. I mean, you know, they're just they're, they're well. Even that, even that, even he'd deflect that question. He's not a complete idiot like Ten Hag who'd just say yes. No, he he wouldn't answer correct, it. Too weak, too weak. He just really wouldn't answer it. Of course he, he wouldn't. He, he just yeah, but you, there's one manager who would Ten Hag. Yeah, but, but it, is the, not a, it is the question to ask. Just yeah, you because, ask it, but you're not you're not going to get an answer. Yeah, but just because he's not going to answer it doesn't mean you shouldn't ask it. Well, it's far better than all that shite about blue cards. Yeah, I agree I with totally that. Agree. But I just also I, this whole thing with press conferences it's just a it's just it's a, me, it's a media it's a media construct. It's, they don't want to be there, so it's utter wank, mate. It's a wankathon. You hope you can get the odd pearl coming out of it. You, you know, never, uh, so 
They're bored into the submission. Moment. Get the odd moment of something. I and mean, also, I want to see what the injuries are. Nobody seems to... Oh, yeah, but I forgot to say, Lavia was actually mentioned. Yeah, and he's, and he's completely he's, out, isn't he? Absolutely had it. No chance. The bloke, he said he's not even in the... He's not even in the... Not um, even on the uh, pitch. Not even on the pitch yeah, yet. It's just absolutely mental, isn't it? All right. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to be on the pitch on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, oh. Get it right. Monday. It's my lineup. Chidge's team selection. JK's excited. Uh, right. It is... Okay. I mean, look, on the basis that uh, whatever they did at Villa worked very, very well, I'm very inclined to try and stick with it. Consistency, Martin. Uh, but I quite like the four-two-three-one. I think that worked quite well. Um so here we go. Now, obviously, the first problem we've got is that Badia Shield is probably not going to be fit to play. But do you, do you know you're on mute, JK? You did. Definitely not. It's because yeah. I was sneaking. Definitely uh, not. Definitely not. So, therefore, I'm going to go Petrovic in goal, Chilwell, uh, Dezazi, obviously, Gusto. And that, I mean, you know, if Colwell's fit, I'd play him. Uh, but I don't know if he'll be fit, so I suspect it'll probably be silver. But if 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 Colwell is fit, I would have Chilwell, Colwell, Dezazi, and Gusto just to see if you know. Um, it's like scientific uh, provenance, isn't it? If if something works and you don't quite know why, you have to try and recreate it to see if it was what you thought it was. And what we think at the moment is that actually it's silver that uh, you know slows the game down that uh, means that there's too much of a gap between defence midfield and attack and so on, so on, so on, so on. So I would like to, to see if it, if, if it is that. And the only way to do that is to play Colwell, not Silver. But I, I have a suspicion that Colwell won't be fit. Caicedo, uh, Caicedo, Moises, Moises and Fernandez uh, as the two in midfield, effectively, or the two deeper lying ones on the pivot. Uh, and then the same as it was... Um, in fact, actually, the entire team is the same as it was against Villa. So, Caicedo, Fernandes, Gallagher, uh, Jack, well, Gallagher, Jackson, and Madueke, and Palmer uh, playing this kind of false nine. Much as I don't like it, um, I, I do think he's good enough. I mean, if you if you have Havertz as the false nine, it's utter shit. But I think if you have Palmer there and you've got good players around him, I think he's clever enough to move around a lot and and you know drop back, go forward. So. Maybe it's not so bad. I don't think he'll start in Kunku because I, I I think he's really trying to manage in Kunku through, you know, an injury issue that we we you know we don't really know the extent of. So that's me team, J.K. Pretty much the same team apart from uh, Badia Shield. Yes, um, it was that thing when he mentioned Colwell in the uh, in the press conference. Uh, he said we'll check on Sunday. Um, so I got the impression he would like him to play. Uh, but as you say, it'll be down to uh, uh, management in the same way with Nkunku. Um, I think Nkunku will come on, but uh, apparently they, they tried to warm him down, didn't they, after the game he, he played the 70 minutes in, and he, he was too injured to do that, which just makes you think that he's not in a state to uh, to start again. Um, so uh, I agree with you completely. I think he would be foolish to change it, and yet um, we've had performances this season where we've done pretty well with players and he then hasn't selected them um, for the next game. Well, And whether that's management or whatever, I don't... Uh, injury management, I don't know. I don't get occasionally what this is. I agree completely. It should be the same setup as much as possible because they were so good. But um, who knows? I don't want to who see knows? Sterling or bloody Mudrick playing, that's no, for sure. No, no, indeed. But the chances are we might discover that they're in or... 
somebody picks up something and Gilchrist plays right back or um uh what's the what's the what's happening with Chalabar at the moment I thought he was on the verge of being in the squad wasn't yeah, he Yeah but I don't I don't see him making a a a, a no, you know no, start No I'm just I was just thinking whether he he, he then nurtures him for a bit for coming in later on and Cucurella's never mentioned anymore but he's, so. he's still utterly injured not even on the pitch yes and um as is and Chakwameka is a kind of in and out but he won't he won't uh um get take any of these out of the side Casado Fernandez and Gallagher let's hope he plays the same side essentially yeah Chich. this is what I'm hoping Martin are you hoping for the same yeah pretty much I mean if Colwell isn't available and Silver plays even then I'm not as concerned as I would be against other teams purely because of the injuries to Elise and Eze that Palace have Mm. because I think a lot of their dynamism comes from them too and they're not there so it may not be a complete um, catastrophe if it does happen he may well be able to manage the game with his experience if there's a little less dynamism on the Palace side only other May maybe Unkunku if he's fit enough may come in for either Jackson or Medweke. Um and Chuck or Mecca seems to be getting eased back as well, so I'd imagine he'll feature from the bench at some point. Yeah, I reckon you're right. I mean it's a good point you make there, Martin. Obviously I talked to Hambo about that. Um you know, that they've that, you know, Gehi, Eze and Elise are all out. That is a massive problem for Palace. That's arguably massive. their three best players and you know, Hambo is moaning like stink about Schlup or whatever he's called. So he he, he reckons he'll start on the right, I think. Um, and I what about start. the what about the circumstances of how Elise got injured? That must be absolutely infuriating. Well, you know, I asked him how angry uh, Palace fans were on you know in, in, from one to ten, and it was he said some of them are very very angry. So this is not helping. I mean, they're not a happy camp at the moment. A lot of them are very pissed off with Roy. A lot of them are very pissed off with the owners. Uh, a lot of them have got a bit entitled. I mean, not Hambo. He's been around long enough to have a sensible head. But I mean, I just think, I just think, just on the on the on the playing side for Monday, you know, losing Gehi, Ezi, and Elise is is savage. Uh, and if we can't take advantage of that, then questions there should be questions in the house, J.K. Yes, yes. Order, 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 order. Chelsea have to win. Palace have no players. Palace are playing with seven. Surely Chelsea will win. Well, they'll um, have that. They'll have the, there's a big guy whose name I can't remember up front, won't they? Who who, who can be quite a handful? Edouard. Yeah, and then there's another one begins with M. Matumbi or something. Can't remember. He's a unit. He gave us a bit of trouble at the bridge in December. I recall. Yes. Um, but there we go. The other play, they'll play um, uh, the blonde boy who used to play for Will Hughes. Apparently, Will Hughes is is so slow, it's like he's wading in treacle. Ah, okay. According to Hambo. I mean, mean, if we just think about us for a minute, it goes back to what we were saying in part one. You know, we are consistently inconsistent. So we need to ditch the schizophrenia, Martin. Um, My worry, I mean, I think think a lot of us were thinking this uh, on Wednesday night, Bloody hell, that was fantastic. That's the best performance of the season. Our minds raced to Monday and thought, I suspect we'll probably lose to Palace because that's, you know, that's what's been happening all season. Two steps forward, three steps back. So, you know, if they can't become consistent, this is what's going to happen. So the question for you is, you know, is that is that what we can look forward to on Monday or can they repeat the excellent performance of Wednesday night against Villa? Yeah, I certainly hope so. And that player you're after was Mateta. 
Thank you. I believe. Um, I'll look that up. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I hope beyond hope that we can continue from the high of Wednesday, but you genuinely do not know what Chelsea are going to turn up from game to game. There really is, with this team of young players, the inconsistency is almost priced in. We we could very well carry on. Palace obviously have their problems. We have a good record there. Um, we won there last season, despite everything going on shortly after Potter took charge. Um, so, yeah, let, let, let's wait and see. It's just good to go in to a game with a positive attitude for a change um, and not think... Because this could have been two very pissed off sets of fans at the ground and, you know, the cup win will have um, alleviated some of it on the pitch, at least off the pitch is obviously, you know, a completely separate issue and there are massive reservations for anyone who's got a bit of sense. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm reasonably confident we can get a result, but we certainly shouldn't be going in expecting. We need to have the same level of performance that we had at Villa and have it going forward. Now we know what they're capable of. We know now for sure that the the Man City game wasn't a one-off. We know what they can do against good teams. So let's see it more frequently now. See what they can see. do against bad teams, really. I mean, the, the... Well, yes. I mean, the Villa are going to... Villa play a certain way and we're able to get in their face and they didn't know what to do. Palace will play a different way. Now, the home game certainly for the goal we scored, was bloody marvellous. It was a lovely goal, but then it got a bit twitchy because we sat back and didn't take chances. So, you know, we've had a game where we've kicked on from scoring and got, taking the lead. Let's hope we see it a bit more frequently. As we bizarrely did in the uh, in the Villa game, they sat back a bit in the last 10 minutes, which allowed them to score. And I, I didn't feel it necessary for them to do that. But I suppose he was, he, he just, you know, he was worried that they might score a couple as opposed to just the one that they did. But, um, well, if, uh, uh, sorry, say. Yeah, if Badia, if Badia Shield had co- has come off injured, maybe that's also the thinking slightly and it was just a case of have, holding on to what you have. But it was what Kenny Swain said the other day, wasn't it, Chidge, that he said that you can all set up all the plans you want, but then you're not taking into consideration the opponent. The opponent's going to try and do something different. So it'd be interesting to see the way that Hodgson sets him up to play against us. He might, he might resort to everybody behind the ball and just booting the ball down the pitch but they haven't got the two cre- uh, creative players it'll be down to um uh what's his name um who's the pl- player who plays for the, the their winger um oh god can't remember his name i'm not looking the, the players up at the moment um they've got a couple of players that are, di- are pretty decent that can that can uh are canny enough to play that way and and make it difficult for us i don't think it's going to be very easy at all i just think um uh, be prepared for Jackson and Madweke to be snuffed out. I think they'll specifically start trying to play on players. It's just a question of whether we can boss the midfield in the same way. I think it's so important that they play um, the same level and and, and w- with the same energy. They've got to come out and appreciate just how uh, terrific that was when they did that. And also the, the aspect of the pressing, that we, we saw some concerted pressing for the first time this season. I was completely taken aback by it. They've got to start, they've got to carry on doing that. Well, they must have got some sort of positive buzz off doing it as well, because they would have felt the reaction from the crowd and they thought, shit, well, we're doing it. This is right. We're, this is what this is what we want to be doing. We want to play football this way. Yes. You know, you, you want to get the ball. You want to be attacking them halfway up the pitch. So, 
yeah, let's let's hope they got a bit of positive reinforcement from the reaction they got playing that way. Well, in, indeed. I almost sound like Gidge. That's not good. I shouldn't no, be doing no, that. No, no, I'm a, stepping on his toes. I'm no, sorry. no, it's a very good thing to sound like me, Martin. Many, many people would love to, but only few can. Um, there is uh, the fact that there's an awful lot of good history on our side. Um, Palace, of course, have been utter shit uh, uh, recently. They've won just two of their last 12 Premier League games, drawing three, losing seven. Um, we have won... 13 successive head-to-head wins against Palace, apparently. And uh, interestingly, Poch has won 12 head-to-head wins as a manager against this team. Yes, Martin's holding his head in his hands now. but As you were speaking, I could just feel my guts turning into soup. (laughs) But no, come on, history is on our side. I mean, you know, uh, in the Premier League, uh, well, in total, of all time, we've won 37 uh, against Palace home and away, 15 drawn, 12 lost. But in the Premier League, we've won 11, uh, oh, this is away, by the way, a 11 drawn, one lost two. So, you know, we, we should expect to beat this lot. And in fact, as I said, I mean, the last time we lost to them, and actually I was talking to Hambo about this, I couldn't remember, we've lost twice in the Premier League to Palace away. One was in 2017, which was 2-1, and one was in uh, 2014, John Terry uh, on goal. That that's I got it wrong. I, I wasn't sure whether the one nil was the John Terry on goal, but of course it was. It was that mini collapse towards the end of the the, the little horses season where yeah. Jose Mourinho managed to out talk his players out of winning a league title was yeah. quite remarkable. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we've only drawn once though, and as I said, we've won eleven times. So, you know, we should fully expect to beat this lot. They've also lost the three best players. Uh, there's a lot of anger and angst at Palace. They they got humped by their so-called rivals, Brighton, 4-1. This is, you know, I. the trouble is, as we keep going back to, we don't know what Chelsea are going to turn up. We don't know if they can take on from what they, they gained on Wednesday. It's just where we are. I mean, there, there's one good thing about Monday night. I am going. And I'm, I'm what is it? Okay, I, I West Ham, I, I saw us lose. Burnley, Fulham, Spurs. Have I been to any other ways this season, Martin? We were trying to work it out. Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Did I go to Bournemouth? I don't think I, I went. I was... No, I, I would. Think... I would know that was last season. Yeah, I didn't go to Bournemouth when we, this season. When, when we when, no, we, last season when we ended up ended up in that pub, the Anarchist pub. Yes, that's the one. God, I like that. We had a few yeah, beers. We deep. had a few beers yeah, that day, didn't we? Yeah, it was, it was amazing what a three-one win can do. Yeah, I, lo- I was good. Well, I love going to the football with you, so it was nice to be yeah. with you. But I do remember we had a few good ales that day, uh, and as you said, we went we went to the pub afterwards, didn't we? Which is always nice on a way, I think. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good pub. So that's my one. Similar to Southampton and the Giddy Bridge, that p- pub in Bournemouth is why I want them to stay up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm I'm going to be there. So I've pretty much been a good luck charm this season. So there is all that hope. Uh, but anyway, we we will see. You know what I've forgotten to do tonight? Uh, shave? No, actually, we probably did it, didn't we? In uh, in December, or did we? Did we do it? They played for both. Probably not, because it was right in the middle of the week. It was before it was the yeah, game, but we... after Boxing Day, wasn't it? Well, we can do it. We can do it. But uh, I hope we're doing it now. I'm prepared. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we we will do it. But first of all, I'm going to ask you, Martin. How do you see it going? What's the prediction for you? I'm going to say two-one Chelsea. I think it won't be as easy as Villa was. I think um, we it, it it's going to be a strange 
atmosphere at Sellers Park, I think. I think normally, if we're at home and it doesn't go our way within half an hour, everyone starts getting edgy because of what's happened. Palace's recent results and there's been quite a a gap between them because of the way the January fixtures kind of elongated a little bit and they're out of the cup and a replay and they got thwacked by Arsenal and then they got thwacked by Brighton. So if they're not on it 15, 20 minutes, you know, it could be a reverse, a reversal of situation for us where we're the ones able to take advantage of a home, a home crowd um, getting edgy with their players. So if that happens, I think we can take full advantage. We're going to have to, we are going to have to break them down. It's not going to be easy, even with the, you know, the players that they are missing. But yeah, I'd be very disappointed if we couldn't get three points here. I totally agree with that. Uh, what, do we, what do you reckon, JK? 3-0. 3-0. Palace? No. No. 3-0. Chelsea? Yes. Yes. Who's going to score? Um, Jackson um, seems to get a habit, he has a habit of getting in the right places at the right times. I've so. got to say, actually, about that Jackson goal, I thought it was brilliant by the way that Gusto crossed it so that it basically hit him in the face. Yeah, so he, fucking he, that was a brilliant cross. I know. So he yeah. didn't. So Jackson didn't have time to fuck it up. I actually think that Jackson w- was thinking, "Oh my god, a header! I better head the ball." Shit. I've headed him. Oh, I don't in. think he did head it. I think he just hit him in the head and it went in. Yeah. Sometimes, that, sometimes that's all you need to do. What should we say? One off the arse. One well, off the arse. He had one off the cheekbone and it went in. And he, he gets criticism. Nah, but he scores he goals. Still, he, he scores goals and he seems yeah. to have this habit, whether he means it or not, of managing to get in the right place you know, at if, the right if, moment. If Timo Werner was uh, a terrier chasing a balloon... Jackson reminds me of like a like a like like a you know like a a very naughty kind of Labrador puppy that 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 is very willful and will never do what it's told and runs around being very annoying, but you kind of got to love it really. And and he reminds me of that. And, and I, I'm kind of warming to Jackson actually. The more goals he scores, the more I will warm to him. He, he scored a he, he scored a hat trick against Spurs. Right. That's the end of the discussion, mate. Lawney, that makes you a legend at the club. But there you go. That's it. That end of story. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he could literally do fuck all else. You've done that. But we still talk lovingly about Bernard fucking Lombard. We do. So. I know. All right. So JK, uh, you're going three nil. Martin's going to finish my, my other scorers. Actually, okay. Thank you. Who are they? Uh, they're going. To, it's Medweke yeah. and uh, and Connor. Okay. Right. So there we go. Uh, I am going to go. I, I'm kind of with Martin on this. I'm, I'm thinking two-one. I don't. I mean, again, I, I just don't think it'll be easy. I think that they're going to park the bus, make it really hard for us. Uh, I don't see this being a thumping, but I do see us winning. Let's hope we do. Right. Uh, a rather impromptu. Uh, they played for both. Um, Nathan, bless his heart, has actually done the hard yards and tweeted it to me. So it's a good job I didn't forget. But there are fifty-four play fifty-four players that have represented both Chelsea and Palace. No. Who, who are they, boys? There's quite a few well, you should get and plenty you won't. Damien Matthew. Yes. Thank Gary you. Cahill. Yes. Bobby Tamblyn. Hang on, hang on. I've I got to find it first. No, Gary Cahill is not on the list. Well, he's he should be. He yeah, no, he is on the list. He's just not in the right order. Sorry, I'm doing. Ah, it off, I'm doing it off the you're website. You're doing Eric Morecambe. No, hell. I'm doing it off the website because normally when I do it, I put it in the right order to make it easy for me to find them. But I, I, I can't do it because I'm doing it off the website. But yes, Gary Cahill, he's on there. Bobby Tambling and Charlie Cook and Steve Kemba. Uh, yes. 
Well, I know they did, so I can just say yes to all of those. Even yes. I can't fucking find them. Terry Venables? Terry Venables, Steve Kember, and uh, Bobby Tambling, yeah? Yeah. He's a Charlie Cook as well. Charlie Cook. Charlie, Charlie Cook, yeah. Uh, I know he did, so I don't need to look, but yeah, definitely. Neil Shipperley. Neil Shipperley uh, is, is, I know he did, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's, he's in there. Mark Gwehi. Uh Yes. Patrick Van Anholt. Yes. Danny well Granville. Well done. Yes. I'm sure there are others, but I there's can't some, find There's them. some really <laughs> choice ones on here that you'll go, what? <laughs> you're like, oh, this. And you'll, you'll kick yourself if you don't get them. J- JK will definitely kick himself if he doesn't get this bloke. Okay, he's not Dave Besson. Just to... yeah. uh, no. Oh, for fuck's sake, the one team in London he didn't play. That's for. right. Yeah, Clive Allen. Yes. Very. Jerry good. Murphy. Jerry Murphy. Yes, Martin. Very good. Uh, this is some very. Old... Oh my god! I didn't know he played for for them. Shit. <laughs> Fucking hell! When did he play for them? Then he must have gone on loan there or something. Okay, well, I mean, there's a very obvious one who will actually be playing for us on on Monday night, who had a very good season with them, and he's called Connor Gallagher for fuck's sake. Fuck's sake, yeah, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And a bloke who uh, was absolutely hopeless, but is a legend for what he did at West Brom. Mitchy Batchway. You got it. And uh, another one that, that missed the boat and does well for everybody else, scored a worldie in the FA Cup in the previous round. Absolute worldie. Brought it down his chest, volleyed it in. Oh, uh, Patrick Bamford. Yes, indeed. Uh, any others? He that... played for them. He did, yeah. Uh, okay, oh, there's another bloke who's like the outfield equivalent of Dave Besant, JK, in, in the fact that he's played for everybody that we've mentioned nearly. John Harley. Uh, that's a good guess, but it ain't him, I don't think. Nope. Uh, he played for Man City. Um, and Swansea, I think. Siddle. Did Siddle play for them? No. Nope. Scott Sinclair. I'm going to hurry you up because I'm mindful of the time. Uh, yes. Okay. Do you, wanna, do you want me to just... Uh, okay, there's, there's a bloke who played for Palace that I completely forgot he did, who's a mate of mine. Jason Cundy. That's right. Wow. <laughs> There's another one who played for Palace and was, you know, did very well there latterly in his career. Who was also a mate of mine. John Bumstead. No. Although that's a good. That's Charlton. Fuck. Of yeah. Course, yeah. No. no, it's not. Not Bummers. Not Patesy. Not Patesy. Uh, not uh, John Sparrow. Not no, John Sparrow. Right. Was Brighton, wasn't he? Um, not Graham Wilkins. Close, but no cigar. Ray Wilkins. Very good. Yeah, Ray Wilkins. Did he manage them as well? Uh, he did. No. Yeah. I think yeah. he may have done... Or was an assistant. Or I can't yeah, remember if it was no, QPR or... Was... No, he, no he, he he went. He left Palace, I think, to go back to QPR as manager. Indeed. Uh, right. Uh, this one played... Okay, I can go, go from the top to the bottom. You got Clive Allen, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This bloke, uh, you could say he was clever a lot. Clever lot. That's yeah, exactly. That's the one. Trevor A. Lot. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, this one I, was, I didn't know about this, but he was in our he was in our kind of Eddie McCready team. Alan Harris. No. 
Marvin Hinton? No. Oh, Eddie McCready later on as manager, you mean? No. You mean as Yeah, as yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the Eddie McCready. Yeah, so, he... for, so for the Eddie Mac team? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, he was a midfielder. Scored an absolutely cracking goal whilst hobbling. Brian Basson. Yes, Martin! You are a legend. Um, this one uh, played in white boots in the early 70s. Later played for Sheffield, I think. Alan, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Alan, oh, what? Yeah. Birchnell? Uh, yeah, yeah, Alan Birchnell. Uh... I can't believe this guy played for them at all, but he was uh, a, a massive player for us in the 70s. Mickey Droy. Yes, Martin. And uh, Said Chidge, massive, very good, very good. And this guy had a great finish. Uh, for sale. Yes, JK! <laughs> <laughs> Whilst this guy used to stroll about a lot. George Graham. George Graham. Very good. Uh, you said Danny Granville, didn't you? Yeah. Um, you said Steve Kember. Oh my God! Uh, this bloke. Uh, we well, I mean, you know, we used to, we wanted to shoot him when he went somewhere else. Tommy Langley, very good. And this guy also appeared on Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> David Lee. <laughs> yes. Uh, whilst this guy, um, well, put it this way, he kept it very tight at the back as a right back. You could say he locked up their forwards. Gary Lock? Very good. Um, of course he did. Bloody hell, Jonathan. And uh, this guy's probably got the most Irish name ever. I've already said Jerry Paddy Murphy. Mulligan. Paddy, Paddy Mulligan. Paddy Mulligan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, yep, yeah, yeah, Paddy Mulligan. Um, <laughs> and this guy, um, he was good for us kind of when he came in and steadied the ship in the 80s. And he did steady the ship, actually. wasn't massively popular, but... He did a good job, but he was a bit of a... He was a Palace legend. Peter Nicholas. Yeah, very good. Um, and this guy was on the wing, as a lot of people were, but he had the same song as everybody. Little driver. No. He had a real feel for it. Um, Feeling. Mm, close. Terry Feeling. Oh, feel. of course. Jesus. Uh, Shit, Wimbledon. I've got... <laughs> Ex-Wimbledon goalkeeper, talking of uh, goalkeepers. Neil Sullivan? Yeah. Sullivan. Yep, yep. Uh this guy was uh again in the uh, a big big blonde defender in the 70s. Steve Wicks. Yep. Uh the uh, this guy the greatest left back of all time. Ashley Cole. Yeah, I didn't know he, he played. Was for he, was on, he was on loan there yeah, very briefly. Must have been. Uh, this one was the sensation under Conte. Victor Alonso. Moses. Victor Moses. Victor this Moses. one was not uh, anything like that. Uh, he always used to score against us, but was shit for us. I think Brandy. Well, oh, Brandy, and you came and you went. Not that one. Way. Not that kind of Brandy. More like Remy Martin. R- Loic Remy. Loic Remy. That's uh, right. Rose. Oh, he, oh, scored, sorry, he, scored, he scored a couple, sorry, of, sorry, yeah. couple of vital goals for us in the title yeah, winning yeah, yeah. season. Give me his due. All right. Okay. The ones that you won't have got, which um, the wonderful Nathan has told us about, are Ted Burney, 
who uh, played for us in 1986-9, appearances, three goals. Johnny Brooks, 59-61, 52 appearances, seven goals. England International, 1956, uh, three caps, two goals. Sid Castle, 33 appearances, two goals. Managed Holland in 27-38. to He played for us in 23-25. Alex Davidson, uh, 46-47, two appearances. Colin Hampton, goalkeeper between 1914 and 1924. 82 appearances, 32 clean sheets. Frank Hodinot, 21-22, 32 appearances, 4 goals. Wales International, 2 caps in 1921. Jack Horton, 93-37, sorry, 33-37, 66 appearances, 15 goals. John McNichol, 1952-58, 202 appearances, 66 goals. A title winner with Chelsea, obviously. Ernie Randall, 1951-52, 3 appearances, 1 goal. Jack Saunders, 1949-53, to 53, 60 appearances. Norman Wood, reserve, 1912-13. to 13. Now, he, now talking of, oh my goodness me, talking of the Chelsea Fancast World War I tour, uh, he was killed in action on the 28th of July, 1916. His grave was never found, but he is commemorated on the Teepvale Memorial. So I have probably seen his name up there. Uh, Charles Mansell was a reserve in 1907. And this is good. Jesurun Raksakia. Jesurun Raksaki is a youth yeah. player for Chelsea. He never. I don't agree with youth products who got released, but I've heard the name. Yeah. Got, he was at Charlton for a bit as well. Two hundred and uh, two thousand eighteen to nineteen. So there you go. Well done, Nathan. Well done, Paul, for your fabulous website and work with the Chelsea Heritage Group. By the way, because I haven't done the bloody paperwork, I can't remember the URL, so I apologise. But we love you massively well done boys uh that was very well done you did well you did well i thought my thank you oh and i forgot david hopkin of course blimey and david lee apparently mark's mark's raising steward inquiries here uh you know david lee did not play for valis he did not make an appearance mate don't take it up with me take it up with nathan similar with Raksaki at chelsea all right well listen um we gotta go uh but uh we'll be back on tuesday with me jk yeah tuesday night because obviously we're playing on monday night so we'll be back on tuesday uh we might have some special guests joining us as well i will reveal more later but it'll definitely be me jk and clayton beerman the housewife's choice half past seven and we will be reporting back on the match against Palace. Uh, we've got loads of emails to do. We might try and squeeze them in off the post next week. Me and JK are free. Um, so uh, you've got time to get one or two in. Uh, the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stamford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Martin at Martin underscore Wickham uh, on X and stuff. Uh, very quickly... Um, because he'll kill me if I don't mention it. But uh, Mark has announced today, of course, he's the chairman of the Supporters Trust. And one of the things he's been very, very heavily involved with, of course, is the uh, the big Stamford Bridge sleepout, which I can't remember how many times we've done it now. Maybe the fifth time we've done it. I don't know. Uh, but the date has been announced. It is the 23rd of March, which is Saturday, 23rd of March, 2024. So uh, they will go watch out for stuff on the Trust website, ChelseaSupportersTrust.com or on X and all the other social media for how to sign up and register and freeze your bollocks off on a night of 23rd of March on a very hard concrete floor. But, hey, on the bright side, you get a bacon sandwich free from the club. And when when do you ever get something free from Chelsea FC? So it's worth it for that alone. So there you go. Uh, Martin, an absolute delight, as always, to see you. Yep, always always nice to, to, to see you guys as well. Thanks for having me on. And um, enjoy Monday night. I can't make it, um, but those who can... Have a good one, and um, let's 
let's kick on from what was a very happy Wednesday. I will indeed. Have a, a happy Monday, if you I'll like. Have a happy Monday, definitely. JK, lovely to see you, mate, as always. Uh, will you be there on Monday night? Oh, yes. Well, hopefully I'll see you. I very rarely see you when you, when you and I are at away game. But it'd be nice to see you. Hopefully I will. We shouldn't be inhibited by large buildings to stop us from texting as frequently as the Indeed. case. Well, it's a pretty small bit isn't it there so we should be able to bump into each other it's quite a tight fit it's quite a tight fit around there so it is indeed uh lovely to see jk look forward to seeing you on monday you lot out there you've been brilliant as always especially the people in mixler uh thank you for listening see you on tuesday i'll be careful how i say that see you on tuesday not see you next tuesday although i could could have said that just fucking said it (laughs) i know what i know you know it's the way i roll see you next week until then keep it blue keep it carefree keep it chels The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.